Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 209 for Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? How's life treating you this week? Is everything good? Uh, I was going to do an intro for the One Man Podcast. I was going to do it bilingual. I was going to do it Canada's two official language, like, hey, or whatever. <laughs> what do I say? How do I intro? My name is Josh Williams. Je m'appelle Josh Williams, and welcome to, hey, bienvenue à the One Man Podcast, le podcast unum. Hey, how funny would that be? Because that's how you have to do it in Canada with a lot of things. It has to Everything written has to have both official languages on it. In fact, when you're like watching news stuff or whatever, they'll do like English and French. And uh, and sometimes they stagger it. The only thing that sucks is that sometimes they'll stagger it. Like they'll, they'll say something in English and then they'll just continue in French. And you either have to like know the language, which I do, uh, or like read the subtitles. But sometimes the subtitles aren't on. So you're just like, they'll have like a voiceover. So that's got to be rude, right? If you're French and you're actually watching it. Doesn't that defeat the purpose where they'll have like, you know, English and then they start talking in French and then the TV just starts speaking in English over top of them, like translating. So you're like, well, if you're just going to do that on this channel anyways, why didn't you just leave it in English? I don't know. If maybe they do that in French. I don't watch French television because uh, it mostly includes nudity. And uh, and that's the thing, right? It's like you're trying to pay attention and all of a sudden someone's naked. And you're like, well, now I have to masturbate. I'm not, uh, I'm not paying attention. Hey, if you're new to the one man podcast. Uh, that's what you get. My commentary on whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happens to you guys. It's like the same with the internet, right? I mean, it's not for me uh, as much anymore, but there was like a time where like, I'd be, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do some work. I'm going to do some work, start working on something. And then like the ad on the side is just a pair of tits in your face, like big pressed up breasts. You don't even see the face. It's just like breasts. And it's like, are you horny? I'm like, well, I am now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, 15 minutes later, you're like, all right, what was that job I was trying to do? Uh, again, welcome to the one man podcast. I really hope this isn't the first episode for a lot of people. Cause they're going to go, this is fucked. What's this guy talking about? Ah, and I slurp. That's another uh, charming thing. Uh, Arizona iced tea, watermelon flavored. That's right. That is what I'm going to be drinking this week. I've already had my coffee for the day. Uh, I will be telling you guys about the book Belief that I read. It is Asian Heritage Month. Um, I don't know how far it reaches. I don't know if that's just in Ontario or Canada or all over the world. Maybe it's all over the world, Asian Heritage Month. Do we only have 12 heritages? Does every heritage get a month? Where's the white heritage? Every month's white heritage. That. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I didn't swallow all of it the first time. I was trying to mock white people. And, uh, and it seems as if God intervened. God's like, no, no, they're the chosen ones. <laughs> oh, I have fun trying to be offensive. 
Um, I don't really believe that. Uh, I look forward to though to hearing that soundbite uh, on uh, on or around the forty eight hour period where some sort of big success breaks. I'll have a I'll be like, yes, I finally worked hard. I turned it around. I achieved something, and then uh, they'll play that soundbite where it's like Josh was saying that. You know, first off, he thought he was God. <laughs> he spoke as if he was God, and then he was like, "White people are the chosen ones." Like this fucking guy. What year is this? Um, so yeah, I will be telling you guys about the, the book Belief that I read for Asian Heritage Month. It is from Rice Paper Magazine, and it's a collection of uh, I think they call it a uh, compilation, an anthology of stories. Um, I'll tell you what I thought of that. I got that finished up this week. Uh, what else? I started watching a new show, which is fucking with my head, um, just in a lot of different ways. It's bringing up a lot of my own insecurities and, and things like that. And it's just a fucking reality TV show. I'll tell you guys about that a little later on. Um, I got to have a little one-on-one games night with my mom for Mother's Day. Happy uh, belated Mother's Day to uh, to any moms out there listening. I hope you had a great time. I hope you got to safely, you know have a, a gathering, you know, socially distanced if necessary, if they're in your bubble and you're vaccinated and you're not too afraid, then I hope you get to spend some time with some loved ones. Um, all sorts of different methods that people spent mother's day with that I saw on social media and things like that. Um, but I'll tell you about how mine went. Um, I went to the park with my brother and my nephew. That was a nice, uh, fun thing that I spent uh, some time doing. Um, what else here? I got an app for you guys that I'm going to recommend that I want to give some shout outs. Of course, I've got the top five from this week coming up. So, uh, that, and I'll just tell you some little things here and there that, uh, that I'm working on personally. Uh, I've got some stuff about myself that I, that I've realized I got some good news. Actually, had I recorded this uh, podcast this morning, um, I wouldn't have even been able to tell you guys this. So I'm excited to be able to share some more good news, uh, for me, uh, with you, but it feels like a good week overall. I might not have a whole hell of a lot to tell you, but, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to telling it to you regardless. So why don't we just get right into it, gang? Um, I'm going to tell you about the book Belief. So the book Belief is from a, um, I guess, a group, a, a publisher. I think they're called Dark Helix, which if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the publishing company. And then it's from, uh, it's an anthology of stories that were submitted to uh, a thing called Rice Paper Magazine here in Canada. And um I think it's basically like an Asian cultural uh, news started off as like an Asian cultural newsletter. What's going on and things like that. And it's just evolved. So this is uh, a book of, of stories and poems and things like that from, uh, from people of Asian descent. This is like one of those uh, tread carefully. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm not the most versed in different cultural stuff. So I'm just like, I, for what it's worth, everything I say, I said it at a deep, deep respect. And if I get anything wrong, please, uh, please forgive me. How about that? Just, uh, Let's practice a little bit of compassion. I, I was, I, I was not aware that, that, uh, May was Asian heritage month. Um, so that's not something, but, but my, my good pal, Chris at the idea shop, um, who has been my, my curator of books for years and years now was like, Hey, I read this and, uh, and I think you might like it. Uh, let me get you, let me get you a copy. And I was like, yeah, dude. Uh, again, I was a little worried cause I'm like, um, well, I don't know anything about about this sort of thing. Like it's not definitely not my wheelhouse. And he's like, let me send you, let me send you a book. And he goes, I suggest you start with a story called egg roll. So, uh, Chris's word is gospel. And I did exactly, uh, exactly that. Um, so it's a book of, of kind of short stories and the book's called belief because belief is kind of the centered theme around all of the stories. Sorry, whack the mic there guys. Um, yeah, it's sort of the, the centered, uh, common, common theme in all of the stories. And, 
Uh, the first story I read was egg roll, and it was actually how uh, how egg rolls came to be. Um, I'm very confident that egg rolls exist in the States. Um, but uh, apparently, they originated in Canada, um, in a little place called Tebow Falls. And there was a, a gentleman there who had a, a restaurant, and he was trying to add the new dish. Um, so, I'll, I mean, I'm going to spoiler this one egg roll story, but there's, there's tons of good ones in here. And he was, you know, uh, wanted to put it on the menu. And what he did was he offered it for free with, with, uh, you know, other meal items. And, you know, he was like, Hey, what do you think of the egg roll to one of his customers? And they're like egg roll. And he's like, he looked at it and the guy kind of like cuts it in half and sort of looks at it. He's like, where's the egg? And he's like, well, it's, it's not like it's the wash that's, that's used on. It's just, that's the name of it. Like, and so people were like not trying it. They were sending it back. So it was basically, it was done with, uh, you know, the, the kind of the traditional, like the way that that is these days, except instead of cabbage, uh, they used bean sprouts in it. And at first it was kind of like they were, they were looking at ways to, okay, well, how can we do this here? Because the bean sprouts were shipped in from Toronto and they weren't consistent. Sometimes they came and they were like nice and ripe. Sometimes they were wilted, whatever. And so one of the people who worked at the rest, excuse me, geez, I got the hiccups now. Uh, someone who worked at the restaurant was like, Hey, why don't we do cabbage instead? It's still got that same sort of crunch or whatever, but it's a, it's a more readily available, uh, vegetable. Cause I believe that they were trying to grow because of the inconsistencies, of the bean sprouts, they started trying to grow the bean sprouts themselves, but then that became like a full-time job, just trying to grow the bean sprouts. And here was the issue. When they first introduced it, people were like, what the, what the hell is this? Like opening it up, looking at it. And he was saying like the first day, um, they were just coming back. Like, you know, they put them out with meals for free. And then they were just all coming back, like mangled, mutilated, like dissected and picked over, but not eaten. You know what I mean? And people are like, what is this? You know, it even actually caused, uh, people to like call the, the, you know, I guess not the health department, whatever, but the, the business board, or whatever, cause they're saying that they were like false advertising. Like there's this product and there's no egg in it, which there was, um, but not, not in the capacity. So they were saying like, well, what else should we call it? And it, it became this whole thing. He ended up on the radio chatting with somebody about it. And they ended up, uh, sort of changing some food laws because they, they'd cited some other different kinds of food. And I apologize off the top of my head. I don't remember what it was, but some other foods that like, you know, like hot dogs, that was one of them. They're saying there's no dog in it, but it's allowed to be called hot dog. And they're making a stink about like, well, it's called an egg roll. And there's no egg, but there, it, there is, it was just an egg wash. You know what I mean? So it was just fascinating how it sort of came to be. And, and then it got popular right from the press of these things here. And people were trying, it was like, ah, it was really good. They actually had these, like, I don't, they weren't food critics, but they were people from like the, the business board or whatever that came and they tried it. Like, this is actually really good. Um, so of course it got popular and, and more places started doing, you know, the, the same thing. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, everyone knows egg rolls are fucking awesome. Um, but it was just fascinating to hear like kind of where its origin in North America came and, and the attention that it got just because people had issue with the name or whatever. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't like it was a restaurant that was failing or something like that. It was just, it was a restaurant. It was popular where they were. And, and but it just, people seemed to get their backs up about this new thing, the egg roll. And so, um, it was fascinating because the, the, the owner's belief and just the fact that like, no, this thing is good and we got to find a way to make it work and, and what have you. And even the, the story ends where they were like, well, thank God they never took a look at the plum sauce. Cause they served it initially with plum sauce, which they still do today. But they're like, thank God they didn't actually look at the ingredients in the plum sauce because the plum sauce itself was like, you know, like apricots and other kinds of things. There was actually no plums in it. Um, so just a funny little thing that all the attention on the name egg roll and the, the plum sauce on the side actually was the one thing that didn't, didn't contain what it, what it claimed to. Um, so just a great story, but there's others. That was just one of many stories in this, in this book belief. And they had one called TFW, 
which uh, I was not familiar with. It was called Temporary Foreign Worker is what that stands for. And it's a story of how like there's all these people, you know, um, that are here in this country that are like, you know, temporary foreign workers or whatever, at least at the time that was what they were called. And, you know, these are all these people. It's not so much based on what they can do as what they can't. Like this person over here can't perform, uh, you know, medicine. They were a doctor where they used for this person over here can't can't practice, you know, like engineering or whatever. This person over here can't do this because these are all like things that they were where they came from, yet they're not uh, recognized or they'd have to put in a certain amount of like hours and work to to get that accreditation moved over and recognized in Canada. Like, so it's like all these people who are like, it's not so much like, oh, like what can you do? It's like, well, there's this huge thing I can't do that I, I'm really valuable at. And of course the story at one point talks about how like this guy, uh, it, it was odd because they didn't actually address it. Um, but he's just like, you know, Hey, I'm this and that. And I'm looking at the guy who serves me my coffee every day. And then just, just boom, my head feels light. I fall off my feet and I hear the sound of like bone hitting, hitting tile, which I think was his head. Cause they never address it. And then the guy comes running up from behind the counter and he, and he basically tells everyone what to do and this and that. And, you know, until the ambulance arrives and it's like, you know, the you know, because where he's from, he was a you know a surgeon, and his hands were always steady and knew exactly what to do. Whatever you know, like here he's you know here he's uh, just the guy. You know, today he's not the guy who serves me my coffee. Today he's the guy that saved my life or whatever it was. Um, it was it was just a, a fascinating story of all these people that you know you look at and you're like, yeah, maybe they don't speak your language or whatever. And you're like, and they're just doing this and that, but you don't really know what what they what what talents and skills and education they really have. Um, it was really good. There was uh, there was a story called between word and mouth, which was like a lot of, of seeming like Asian traditions or whatever, where, you know, people are, there's a lot of unspoken things and a lot of just watching traditions and stuff like that. So a lot of time spent in silence and praying and stuff. It just, it just, there was a lot of good stories. And of course there was one that I really liked called, um, uh, uh, Lucky Moose, the closest thing to home, or sorry, the closest place to home. And that was a story about a, a you know, a, a grocery store that had all of these sort of, you know, Chinese and Asian, um, you know, I'll, I'll wears groceries, you know what I mean? Like ingredients and things like that. And so for people who came all the way here to like support their child or whatever, right? The kids here learning English and, and, and going to school and the mothers effectively just traveled here to, to raise their child while they go to school. So for them, it's like, they don't speak. In fact, they, a lot of these parents will speak through their children. You know, the kids will do it. I, I've had several instances in my life where like, you know, uh, someone will come into a store that I work at and I'm talking to the child the whole time. Cause the child's the translator. They speak English. Their parents don't. And, um, and that's, that's fascinating. And of course saying just like when you're across the world and you don't speak the language and you don't, you know, it's a completely different culture and everything like that. Having something like the local grocery store that has the things from your home place, like is a very, a very, not nurturing, but very calming, very, uh, comforting place. You know what I mean? To be somewhere that has like all the things that you're used to or whatever. Like it was, it was a really cool book. There was tons of stories in it. And, and a lot of the stories I liked very much. Um, some, like I would say that, that my only issue with the book well, it, there was a few issues. So here's the thing. I was intimidated reading it because I'm like, I hope I get what's going on. I hope these stories are told in a way that can get my ignorant ass to pay attention. Um, cause I'm just like, I, if I read them and there's a bunch of stuff, I don't, but so the, the, a lot of the authors did a very good job of kind of like, you know, letting you in on it. There was a few stories that 
I was like, some of them were really good, like really hook you. And then you go to turn the page and it's like one sentence and it's over. I'm like, uh, what? Like it was just starting to build up and then it's over. I'm like, oh, I got no resolution on that. There was, there was one story that was a young, uh, I believe Vietnamese girl. And she was like, it was like a family gathering and she's just shitting on her whole family. She's starting fights with one person. She's attacking another. She's just like leaving bodies in her wake. And you know, it's more about her, you know, not really feeling like she understands the traditions and her family's telling her to talk, talk Viet and she doesn't speak Viet or, or very poorly at it. And they, they mock her whenever she tries. Like, so I'm like, okay, like I'm getting a little sense of a cultural thing, but then she just starts shit with everybody and then it's over. And you're like, oh, there's no reflection. It's not like, you know, and then one day these are the fights or these are the people that I really like. There was, there was no, there was no arc. You know what I mean? It was like act one to be continued, but it was like, but that's it. That was the story. So, um, I spoke with, um, I spoke with someone else who had read the book and they were like, no, I found that too. A lot of stories would just sort of build up and, and they gave you, it was like Stephen King in the first few pages where you're just getting so much on the character and then you're like, cool. Now we can tell the story. Oh, it's over. Okay. Uh, and I, and you're left with like, what the fuck? So, um, it's not that the stories weren't well, well told, you know, like the writing was good. The writing was interesting. Like you got me, I'm in with this character. Well, what the fuck happens to them? You know? And now some of you might be thinking, well, Josh, that's probably the whole point of that story was just learning what that it, I can tell you right now though it, it, I would need someone to explain that. I'm not an idiot. I know how to, I know how to read a story. Um, but it was just, you know, like it built up, I get it. Like one of them was like this guy who just works in the factory the whole time. You know, and, and one day he just decides to to leave and you sort of get his motives and everything. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm on board, but it's such an abrupt ending. Like, it doesn't feel like that whole, okay. And then, you know, and then they lived happily ever after. Like it was, it, they, they tell you more information than you need to know for the ending that they give. So you're like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like watching a movie where it's foreshadowing, where you watch this gate that's always coming open. Like every, every few minutes, there's another scene where they walk in the door you know, they walk into the front of their, their property and then the gate, you know, they go to close the gate and the gate never closes properly. And they even mention, Hey, this gate never closes properly. And you're like, okay, that, that not properly closing gate is going to be very important later because they keep really letting us know that that's something. And then just nothing ever comes of it. You're like, well, then why were they wasting screen time talking about a gate? Like, there's no value. That's the stuff that comes out of it. Like you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When they spend time on certain things, you're like, okay, this is going to be important later. And I just found a lot of those stories were like focusing on shit. And I'm like, mm, it just never comes back around to it. So, and, and it, it always seemed to be when you turn the page, you know what I mean? You got two pages full of text. You flip the page, just waiting for the story to continue. And you're like, you get one sentence and you're like, what? Anyways, um, I would definitely, definitely suggest it. The one thing where I'm like, yeah, it's just above my head is there are a, a collection of poems in it as well. And poetry is very artistic and, and sometimes just deliberately vague and, and, you know, ambiguous to give you an opportunity to, to create your own meaning and stuff like that. So for myself, I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie. Those ones are, you know, even if you go, well, I didn't, I didn't get it. And like, well, you're not supposed to get it. It's supposed to mean whatever it means to you. I'm like, for fuck's sakes, it's like art. You splash paint at a canvas and they're like, it's beautiful. I'm like, is it? <laughs> Isn't that subjective? I don't know. It looks like someone threw paint at a canvas, but then I've seen other art where I'm like, fuck, that looks really good. I'd really like to, I'd really like to that. That's a nice piece. I'd like, 
would like to have that piece right now. I would. Um, but yeah, there was a, it was a good book. I'm glad I, I honestly, I'm glad I read it because there were certain things that I, I just believe gave me a different lens to look at people from other cultures and stuff like that. Um, it's not like, you know, it's not like I was racist before and now I'm like, Oh my God, there are people too. I just mean that like just things that you would take, uh, maybe not even take for granted, but you just wouldn't, wouldn't think of everything from the names. There was the, there was one called per personal taxonomy. And I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right, but um, it was just like someone who's like, my name was this. And then I had my, I had my Chinese name and then I had my, you know, North American name. And then when my, my, you know, my dad left or whatever, it was like my name, my last name changed to this. And then I came here and we hyphenated this name with that name, you know, and it's just about the constant changing of the name. But it's like, but just because my name was changing doesn't, doesn't mean that I'm a different person. Like they're, those are all a part of me. I was this, I was that. And it was just like, yeah. Cause I had friends all throughout, uh, high school. Like I went to, to Glebe here in Ottawa and my, uh, my teacher had, uh, sorry, my teacher, my, my group of friends, my, well, some of my teachers, as a matter of fact, but a lot of my groups of friends were, were, were Asians. Like I live right near, you know, Chinatown. That's where, that's where my high school was. So like we had a lot of Asian people and I, I got to see like a lot of, you know, some certain cultural things or whatever, but it wasn't just, I just didn't, uh, didn't learn as much as I'd like to. It actually made me want to go to like, uh, TNT, the large uh, Asian grocery store here and just kind of like look around for some of the things mentioned in the book or whatever. Um, it was a cool experience. Uh, if, you know, again, in, in, in honor of, uh, Asian heritage month, I would say, uh, get a copy of belief. Like I said, from, from rice paper magazine, tons of different authors, editors. Um, it's a cool read. It's a cool read. Simon, uh, my roommate has already expressed interest in it. So he's going to get, uh, he's going to get the book after me, but, uh, you know, if anyone's interested and would like to read it, I'll, I'll do my best to get it out your way. Um, but yeah, check it out. Belief. Uh, a collection of stories that were submitted to rice paper magazine. And, uh, and of course, uh, this anthology was published by dark helix publishing is it dark helix publishing dark helix press. I apologize. Okay. What's next on the docket. So what else is going on with this week? Uh, I'll tell you guys about a new reality show. I started watching called catfish. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about that. It's very late to the party for me because apparently there's like eight or nine seasons out now. But, uh, I started watching catfish. It's on crave TV here in Canada. And, uh, I don't know where you'd find it in the U S it's MTV or something like that. So, uh, I think that's where you find it. Yeah. So catfish, um, you know, apparently now here's the thing I've heard of catfishing. Okay. Um, uh, as I'm sure some of you have as well, that's where you, um, I guess that's, that's where somebody thinks that they're talking to somebody online. Now they use the term catfishing for dating apps and stuff like that. That's where I've heard it recently, but they have, um, what is it? Uh, like you'll, you'll post a profile picture on the dating app that isn't you, right? So somebody thinks that they're chatting with the picture person and it turns out it's just, you know, somebody who looks more like me or, or whatever it is, maybe for, for like whatever reason, it's somebody who's being, uh, dishonest about their actual persona or whatever. So, um, it's an interesting show. So this show is where that term comes from because it's old now. So I guess the, uh, Neve Shul Neve N E V, which I would think is Nev, right. But I thought when two vowels go walking, the first one does the talking. That was the one. So it's like, you see two vowels. The first one makes its actual sound. So like Nev, excuse me, Nev Campbell, N E V E. You would think that would be Neve. And then Neve, N-E-V, would be Nev. 
You would think that based on the rules of English, but I'm not your parents. I didn't teach them how not to spell. However, this guy's name is Neef Shulman, and he himself was catfish. So he made a documentary forever ago. Okay, let's see if we can get Siri to help me out with this one. Hey, Siri, what year did the documentary Catfish come out? Which one? I found two documentary selections. Okay, 2010. Catfish, the TV show. Yep. And Catfish. Yeah. Which one? The second one, fuck. Catfish. Yeah, that's the name of both. Thanks for your help. All right, whatever. 2010. So 2021. So just so you know, 11 years ago, this documentary came out. So he did a documentary about how he was interested in this woman that he thought was one woman. It turned out she was someone completely different. They did a documentary about it. It was very successful. MTV is like, hey, why don't we do a show where you, well, I believe it was his idea pitch to MTV, but they're like, yeah, we're going to do this show now where you're going to help other people who think that they're getting catfished and this and that. So, um, it's a, I, I haven't seen the documentary, but I, I saw the show and I'm already like a season and a half in and it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's also like fucking me up emotionally because it's just like, it's sad. It's really, really sad. So the idea is, um, the, the episode starts where, you know, they, they read the emails that they're getting. So it's like, oh, here's a, here's someone we think we can help. And they read the story. Then they call that person. They talk to them, get their side. Then they meet up. Hey, tell us about the relationship or whatever it is, you know? And then generally speaking, they'll tell them all about it. Cool. Well, we're going to get started on our investigation. And then they'll start looking shit up on like Facebook and trying to figure things out. And um, and then they go back to the person with like, Hey, here's what we found out. All right, let's, let's get that. Let's get a hold of that person and see if we can get them to finally meet. And a lot of times so far, I haven't seen an episode where the person refused to meet. So I'm just going to go on and let and assume that every episode, my thoughts were always like, if someone's like, I don't really don't want to meet. They're like, it's MTV. We have a budget. We'll pay you three grand, pay you three grand. We just fucking do it. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> or maybe they just lied to the person, but we found someone they're, they're, they're close by. It's just some actor. They're like, you're never going to meet that person. But, um, I don't know. All I know is that like, so far they haven't found someone who wasn't willing to, you know, meet up afterwards. But here's the thing. Some of these were like 10 years. The people have been chatting online and have never met. Um, it's both, both women and men. And the outcomes are like unbelievable sometimes where it's like somebody, you know, this person was like talking with you and then it's like, Oh, you know, I've been, I've been helping her pay her phone bills and I've been sending her money for stuff. It's like, Oh dude, they do this thing that I didn't know you could do, which is called a Google reverse image, like a reverse image search where you basically put an image into Google and then Google looks for everywhere where that image is. So a lot of the times these guys, like someone will be like, Oh, I'm chatting with this chick who's a model, you know? And I'm right away going like, uh huh. It's like some country bumpkin. He's like, I don't know why she loves me, but you know, she told me, I tell her everything. Her and I, we, we in love, you know what I mean? And, and she's good to me. She likes, she likes pigs and I'm a pig farmer. <laughs> like it's that kind of stuff. I'm like, ah, uh, dude. And you look at her and you're like, ah, uh, you know, she ain't got no webcam. You know, she's, say she's a model. You know, she's flying all over the world, but she ain't got no webcam. You know, so I just, I saw, I sent her $10,000 to buy a webcam. <laughs> like, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it's like, it's like, dude, there's a reason why they're not meeting up with you. You're the fucking cash cow. You know what I mean? The golden goose. And as soon as you meet that person and find out, it's like, you know what I mean? Like the, the epitome of what you think the phone sex operators are, where it's like, Hey, how are you? And then you look on, 
You see on the other side, you know, they do them in comedy movies all the time. You show the other side, you're like, Jesus Christ, it's Honey Boo Boo's mom. Mama, mama, I think they call her. Um, so it's, there's some stories like that. There's some stories where like they haven't met in three years, but it just turns out like the person, the person is who they say. Like there's a lot of them where it's like, it's not even the person. There's so many of them where it's like a woman's into a guy. She gets there and it's a woman. You know what I mean? A guy's interested in a woman. He gets there and it's a guy. You know what I mean? Um, there's, there's a lot of them where the person is not the person they're, you know, someone else and they're way overweight and they're like, I just, I did it cause I needed a mask and I needed, you know, I, everything I told you was real except for like my picture and stuff. And, and you're just going like, well, even that, even that's, you know, like we had a real connection, you know, and it's like, yeah, but it's not just your picture and your name that you lied about. You also said you had this job, which you didn't, which means I don't know what you really do. Like there's a lot more than just the picture and the name. They're like everything, everything we shared, everything I told you about me is real, you know, um, there's some of them, like you see these women too. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, sorry, ladies, not to come at you, but, but based on the amount of episodes I've seen so far, the women are more superficial than the men. Um, I, I would have put money. I would have put money, uh, on the fact that women would be more accepting than, than men. Uh, not the case, not the case. Um, I have seen several episodes, by the way, that was my mouth, not my ass. Um, I have seen episodes where like, you know, like you see the girl and it's like, it's like the guy's, oh, he's a model. And it's like a guy's ripped and cut. Like, and it's like, I, you know, I don't even care if it's not him. Like, I just, I love him so much. Like this, this one couple was an overweight chick with a guy who, you know, he wasn't a, he wasn't a, you know, a 10, but he looked okay. And she's like, I just love him so much. And I really hope it's him. And, you know, I don't even care, you know, if he doesn't look like his picture, I'm going to love him and da, 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 da. And it's like, great. You know, I'm confident it's not going to be the guy. And then it is the guy. And he's like a couple pounds or a couple pounds, a couple hundred pounds heavier than he was in the picture. She herself was overweight and she sees him and he's like, I, I was so embarrassed. I, I kept trying to get myself on track and I, I couldn't, I, I let myself, this was like 10 years. They were 10 years. They were talking together and um, she's already in a relation, like she's in a relationship back home too. And she's like, but I just, I, I had to see him. I, I like, I want to know where this goes. Cause I love him so much. And it's like, she sees him. He's like a couple hundred pounds overweight. And you know, he wasn't like, he was not in good shape in the pictures, by the way. He's not, this is not one of the, the, the cut ripped ones. This is just a guy who looked like, you know, maybe he was a little on the chubby side and then he just was, was too much. And, and he was saying how, like, he really let himself go and he's been working hard. He's dropped a ton of weight, but he's not where he wanted to be. And that's why he's been procrastinating because he had this problem. So, and the chick was like, uh, you know what? Like, I think I'm just going to do me and like, look after myself. And it's like, he was real. He was actually who he was. He was just, he was just heavier. You're heavy, bitch. And it's like, what were you expecting? It, like, I don't know. Some of these ones, again, like a lot of the women with, with the model guys and they'll get a guy who's like, he's not half bad looking. And they're just like, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, no, you said you were some like, it's just like, and you, you realize how fucking vain they are where it's like, oh, you preached that it was the connection and you didn't care. And, oh, I really hope he is. Cause he's, he's just so perfect. He listens to me that I like all the things that they said they had loved about him was the, was the guy. But it's like, you know, like, and that's the thing too. Like I've been, 
maybe like that's the thing too is like oh well, maybe i got in the door like you you kind of like you kind of feel a little bit for the people like i don't think being dishonest is good ever i'm not gonna advocate that but i will say that like you know i get where some of these people are coming from where it's like you couldn't even get in the fucking door uh looking like you look you know what i mean some of these people refer to like it was my mask a bunch of bad shit happened to me and i just you know i needed to be able to talk to someone and doing this people actually talk to me you know i've been on the dating apps before i've i've shown i've put a picture of myself and honestly i don't think that i'm like the kind of face that deserves zero response but like i don't get matches on those things you know i've never intended to fake it because I'd, I'd rather you know i'd rather the whole world be like man nah, we're not interested in you know, okay well go fuck myself i will i'm very good at it right i'm the kind of guy like you give me a second and i'll cham you huh huh i'll cham you i got something going on but like I just, I, I would rather be honest, right? So I get these people like, yeah, I can't get to look beside, but this, I've watched documentaries and stuff about how like people from other countries have to lie about their name on resumes. Like literally an example of, of the people taking their re- actual names, putting it on a resume and then submitting that same resume with a different name to, you know, a, another similar company and getting like infinitely more callbacks, infinitely more, uh, interviews. And this is not like a sex partner thing. This is literally just, it's a job interview. You know what I mean? Like, like sometimes, sometimes who you are, you know, is, is scrutinized unfairly, uh, maybe even often. So like, I feel for the people who are, who are like, I couldn't have even got through the door. And it's like, why did you, you know, it's always the same question that they get to at the end. A lot of the time is like, you know, why did you, why didn't you tell me like sooner? And it's kind of like, well, I was afraid you'd leave and you've been such a, a big part of my life. Like I've been there for you. You've been there for me. So I would say that it's, I do understand like you lied and it's like, it's like, do you want to continue this relationship? I mean, a lot of them are like, you know, no. And so you're like, okay. Um, like I, I get that. Right. If they, if they lied at the beginning, who's a lot of them are like, how can I trust you again? Like I, you know, I don't know your name. I, I didn't know what you looked like. You know, we've been chatting for like three years and I'm like, it's sad. It's sad to see like how superficial people can be. It's sad to see like when people lie, the ones where like someone's just taking money from us. Like, no, but I actually cared about you. I'm like, that's so hard. Cause you're like, you're just, you lied to me, but who you are and you're taking my money, you know? Like, so there's a lot of negativity there. There's a lot of like, just the, the one thing that I guess fucks with me the most is just so when people are like, well, I just, I, you know, I start, I had good intentions, but like when you get in the habit of lying, it makes it, it really does make it so hard. Like trust is so important. And when that's broken, you know, sometimes people like, like in the show, it's like, it really is, uh, the vast majority of the times it's not the person, you know what I mean? Like I said, like they do this reverse Google image search where they put the image in and it's like, oh, look, this, this picture is like a model who's like all over the world. One time they actually put it in and when they got it, the, like the top hit page was like the most faked account photo ever. You know what I mean? So like this one beautiful black girl, like, like she looked like Aaliyah, you know what I mean? Like super, just, just stunning, gorgeous. And, and yeah. And apparently she's like that pic, like her pictures are the most stolen on the internet to be used on fake accounts and shit like that. Like, so they show this to the guy and somehow he still thinks it's probably going to be her. Like, it's sad to see these people who are so lonely and so in denial that they're like, that they're willing to accept less. You know what I mean? Like I've spent a lot of time single too and trying to teach myself that like, I'd rather be single than accept someone who doesn't really want me, you know? Um, 
And it's, it's like a tough thing that loneliness sucks for a lot of people and it, and it, and it manifests in, in different ways. And a lot of people are willing to accept shit. I just, I really thought the whole, like, you know, these people who like want to believe that it's the person so bad and, and they, they've got to know deep down inside, you know, and they're telling themselves, oh, I'm just so in love with them. It's like, you're, you're in denial and you're lying. You're not in love with them because look what happens when you see them. They're a regular person. Like they're not always a shit show. Like the one guy who was huge, like I get it. But again, she was huge. And he was the person in the pictures. He just, you know, was struggling and, you know, was really, he was worried about, he was insecure. You know what I mean? But, but he was honest about everything he was. He didn't, he didn't lie about even his, his name and stuff. He didn't lie about. It was just, he had blocked her from seeing some of his more recent pictures because he had gained weight, you know? And, and she, 10 years, they were talking 10 fucking years. And then just. You know, I'm going to do me. I'm like, yeah, you don't good. For, and I'm good for you, buddy, that she didn't end up there. Cause she's a fucking monster. You know what I mean? There was one couple that was like three years together chatting. She finally meets him. And he was like, uh, you know, ex-military with PTSD. Uh, they were going to meet like, I think in their first year, but there was this time where like he drove over some, he was at a, he was like on, he's literally driving. Like they, she was like, he was supposed to meet me that day. And then I, you know, I get there and he's not there. And I get this message the next day saying, sorry, something happened. He got arrested, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out like he was at the gas station, he pulled in for gas and he, he drove over some, I guess, cords or whatever it is, like tubes. And it kind of had this like, blah, 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 like rumple the way he was describing it. And he was saying it brought him back to like when he drove over IUDs in Afghanistan. So he's like, he's like, I went into like full, like, like. A trauma flashback mode. He's like, I, I moved over into the, I moved over into the, the passenger seat. I put on my flak jacket and I just sort of sat there like shaking and people were like banging my window. Like, Hey buddy, you okay? You okay? And so someone called the cops out of concern and they, they like checked his vehicle and he had been at the gun range earlier. So he had a, he had a, a sawed off shotgun that was totally legal in like Alabama or whatever. But then when he crossed the state lines, it was illegal there. And, and it was actually classified as a weapon of mass destruction. So they were earlier in the episode when they were Googling him, they're like, yeah, he did get arrested on the day that he said, but it was for having a weapon of mass destruction. So like, was this guy like on his way to come murder this bitch or whatever? So like, you know, they finally meet up and he's explaining like what happened and how like he, he went into like full, you know, PTSD and he's been getting help and he's like been this and that. And he's like, and I just, I, I was so ashamed and I didn't want to be a mess when I saw you. He's like, cause if I had met you then I would have still had all this stuff inside me that I've, I've since worked on and gotten help with whatever. So this guy looks exactly the same as he did his pictures. It was just like, he had this stuff. The woman comes down and sees him, you know, he better be this. He better, you know, oh, it's going to be him. It's going to be him. And it doesn't seem like it is, but it's like, but it's him. It's him. Uh, you know, a good looking dude, you know, ex-military, whatever. And she's like, I love it. And they spend a couple of days together. He introduces her to his folks because he's talked about her a bunch, but she looked reluctant. Every time they hugged, she looked reluctant every time they kissed. And I'm sitting there going like, this bitch isn't happy. Like what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? And at the end of the episode, they kind of do this, like, you know, one month or two month check-in and like in two months they hadn't gone back to see each other. And she's like, I'm actually going to go there tonight with like all my stuff. I've got my car packed. I was like, oh, great. They're gonna have a life together. And then you get that, you know, that, that post episode script on the screen where it's like, um, you know, she moved down, you know, and two days after being there, uh, they realized they weren't right for each other, moved back. And you're like, what you guys talked every day, two days is all it took, you know, but, but people say like, ah, oh, you know what? Sometimes people just want like a relationship where there there's distance. They can chat with someone for a few minutes and then just kind of walk away. 
you know, the, the touching and the intimacy and stuff like that can sometimes be different. It's just, it's an odd show. I've got it on the background while I do other things, but it like, it, it definitely brings up like a lot of my insecurities and things like that. And just, you know, it's, it's hard to trust people. It's hard to believe stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's sad. Basically it brings up my insecurities because I see how many people are getting rejected purely based on like their looks. You know what I mean? And I'm, uh, you know, I have days where I feel like, you know what? I'm a fat guy, but I, uh, I wear it well. You know what I mean? Like for, for what I'm working with, I do a pretty good job. Uh, I'd like to think that my personality is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, (laughs) but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like if I lost the weight, I could be pretty good. It's, It's inspiring. And it's just, but then you see stuff like this and you're just like, fuck, like, does the world look at me that way? Does everyone look at me like, ugh, that guy doesn't deserve love. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and, and I would be insecure being in a relationship, just thinking that like, I'm looked at like that. Like, you know, sometimes these people are like, oh, I'll take what I can get. But if something better comes along, like there's so many of these people in the show who are in relationships and have this like internet relationship on the side. And they even tell their partners and their partners like, well, I want you to be happy if you're in love with this other person. Like you got to go meet them and find out. And like the amount of people who've like, like, and, and the guys in the show are like pretty ethical. They're like, we're not going to help you meet your love. If you're in a relationship, like you either have to end the relationship that you're in you know, or, or come clean or whatever it is before we help you. We're not going to help you cheat on your spouse or whatever it is. And so like these guys will like legitimately break up with the girlfriend they have because they're in love with like some model photo that's been used on a million websites. Like it's a fucked up show guys. It's a fucked up show. It's uh, it's addictive to watch. You know what I mean? Like, and some people like there's been times too, where like a guy's going to meet a girl and it's like some dude and he's not gay. There was this one guy who was fucking you know, he's got mental health issues. You know, he has mental health issues. Um, uh, you know, a lot of these people are, are like lying to a lot of these people lie. Cause they're like, yeah, oh, you know, I, uh, I was just bored. I just was, I just wanted to do something on the internet and I just, I made this account and I was bored and you know, I started to chat with you and just like, you just really got it. And you're just like, just like an asshole. And they're like, they have no remorse. Like you could tell they've got issues clearly. Like anybody who's just hurting people for the sake of hurting people. Cause they were oh, I was bored. It's first off. It's like, you're not taking any accountability. Like, why did, why did you do this to me? Why did you lie to me? Oh, I was bored. You were like bored for like three years straight. No, what's the real issue here? And, um, but this one guy, it was like, he, he was fucked. Like he comes, he comes walking up to them when they're sitting at the picnic table to meet him in public. They're like, who's this guy? And he just starts like slow clapping at them. Like, boom, boom. There you go. We're going to have words. We're going to have words. He's like, what the, who the fuck are, like, what the fuck is this? And the guy just comes up and gets in his face. Like the, the guys, the host of the show, like keep the distance. Like, Yo, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Like, what are you, what are you yelling at him for? Why are you being aggressive? Like we're here to meet somebody he cares about. Hmm. And he just like, it, the, the things that he's saying are all like weird. And it sounds like he's trying to be like oddly poetic or dark. And they get it out of him that like, he hates cheaters. So this is what he deserves. Like you're in a relationship and you're going to, you're going to try to end it to come down here and, and be with me. You know? Yeah. I'm Jessica. I'm Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, so are you gay? And he's like, no, I'm not gay. I just hate cheaters. You know, this guy literally like, and it was like, before they met, like he had to agree that like, does, d- did he actually like, does he actually love me? Like, did he actually end the relationship to be with me? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And he's like, they're like, well, he ended the relationship to be with you. Like he, he didn't, you know, he didn't cheat or anything like that. Like, yeah, he was talking to you before he got into this relationship, but like, well, he's a cheater and I'm, and they're like, so like you, you think that you're like the cheater police, like your job is to find these cheaters and, and torture them and, and expose them and ruin their lives. Like. 
And they're talking to me. He's like, I don't care. I don't care about anything. He's like, you think, you think people on your show are going to see me? They're going to see me. Like, I, it was like, it was like, okay, this guy's mentally ill. He's mentally ill. And, uh, you know, and they were, again, it was still like, they did this for years. Like, I was surprised that his, that his messages didn't come across as the fucking wacko character that he was on TV. But I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it's, it's interesting to watch. I still have several more seasons and I'm going to continue to upset myself by watching them, but they're fucking fascinating. It, you know what? Like love is one of those things where we all want it. And sometimes we're all willing to go to great lengths to get what little bits we have. It's like fucking, it's like that episode of the Simpsons where they're, they're pouring a whole fucking bag of oranges into a juicer to get a little bit. And it's like, sometimes the amount of work that people will do, the amount of shit that people will put up with just to get a little bit of vitamin love. You know what I mean? It's uh it's sad. It's sad. And Hey, if you're one of those people out there, if for some reason you're out there suffering and you're like, oh, I just want some love, send an email to me, contact the one man podcast.com. I promise you, I will be upfront about my hideous overweight physique. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hideous. Uh, I'm not hideous. I'm uh, I am, I'm a special snowflake. All right. I would like to think that I'm a pretty spectacular human being and working on uh, getting myself in a better shape. Sorry. Email address, contact the one man podcast.com. Just send me an email, right? I'll give you some love. You know, I'll let you know how fantastic you are. Just tell me what you look like. I'll rate you on a scale of one to 10. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, I'll send you, I'll send you some positives. All right. And I'll get something a little later on for you guys that I'll tell you about. Okay. That'll, that'll give everyone a little outlet. If you're feeling, if you're feeling like you need some love and if, if you happen to be in an internet relationship or any relationship and you're like, fuck, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I wish I had someone to talk to. I got the solution for you. Stay tuned. Um, Week one of fasting guys, I've been a good bitch. I have really stuck with this fasting thing. I might be doing serious damage to my body. Now, um, I, I have a book on fasting that I'm starting to read because, um, my fasting goal was to do, uh, 1 PM to 7 PM. Now there have been a few days where like my hunger is so bad that I will start at like 12, 15. I think one day I ate at like 10 to one. So I cheated by 10 minutes. I don't think that's a really big deal. And, uh, and then there's been actually, to be honest with you, there's been several days where I started like two, two thirty, just because I was in the middle of something. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to eat soon. Something got started. And then I didn't even get a chance to, you know, start cooking until like two. And then by the time I'm ready to eat or whatever. So like, I've been a good bitch. Am I counting calories or anything when I eat? No. Am I eating a lot? Not really. I'm not eating a little bit. You know, I mean, I would say I'm still probably pretty close to my like 2000 calories a day or whatever. Like today I crushed a poutine from the great Canadian poutinery. And I got to tell you, it was spectacular. Like, again, I didn't, I didn't eat it until probably about one 30. Cause I was, I left the house around one, went to get it, waited, got home, ate it. So good guys. Uh, my international listeners, poutine is you take fries. All right. Fries. What's not to love. Okay. If you don't love fries, I don't want to hear it. Um, you take poutine or sorry, fries, and then you cover them in cheese curds. What's a cheese curd. All right. A lot of people are like, what the fuck is a cheese curd? That sounds disgusting. Curds, milk curdles. That word sounds sort of familiar. Well, you're along the same line of science. See, here's the thing with cheese. Part of the process of making cheese is that, you know, the bacteria culture and everything like that, it curdles and it turns into to cheese curds. It continues to curdle and you can form it into bricks of cheese or wheels of cheese. It's just part of the process of making cheese sometimes. So cheese curds, you can do like cheddar cheese curds or mozzarella cheese curds for poutine. You use mozzarella cheese curds. So just think about chunks of cheese, regular mozzarella cheese. All right. It's not shredded. It's not a big, big brick of it. It's just chunks of it. Okay. Cheese curds, easy peasy. All right. So don't get grossed out. Um, you take this bed of fries that I have alluded to, uh, you put some cheese curds on top of it, mozzarella. 
And then you cover it in piping hot gravy. Fries and gravy, does that sound gross? No. Cheese and fries, that doesn't sound bad at all. Hey, fries are great, cheese is great. Hot gravy, it melts the cheese curds to the point that like they're like stringy, hot stuff. So just think like pizza, when you're pulling a slice of pizza away and all that hot mozzarella, you just got a, a, a fork full of fucking gravy fries with some stringy cheese on it. Let me tell you, heart attack, boom, bullet right to the, right to the old heart. Ottery clogger special. Poutine is very popular in, uh, in Canada. It is absolutely delicious. Okay. Uh, like anything else, there's places that do it better, places that do it worse. This place, ah, poutine's all right, but their fries are shit. Ah, this place, their gravy's garbage. This place, like Costco here in Canada has poutine. The only problem is that they've got like this really thin gravy that's never hot enough to melt the cheese. So that's, that's the issue with a lot of poutine is that you kind of need to like, you need to melt the cheese for it to be ideal. So this one here, it's kind of like fries and gravy with like chunks of cheese sitting on top. You got to do poutine right. You got to fucking have hot gravy so that when you pour it on, it melts the shit of that cheese. So the cheese and the gravy are mixed all throughout the fries. Delish. Okay. Uh, any any of my American listeners who may have had the uh, the the pleasure of trying it, uh, write in. Let me know what you think. Um, I've always wondered why the fattest country in the world doesn't have poutine. Like it's insanely popular here, and Americans who come up here fucking love it. Um, but then just today, shockingly enough, um, I was chatting with the people at the proteinery and they were like, yeah, it turns out that like something to do with like, apparently cheese curds are illegal in the States. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, something to do with how, like, you know, you like stopping, stopping midway through the process. Like, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I'll have to look into it. Of course I didn't look into it. Cause I didn't really think I was going to get that deep into poutine. I didn't even think I was going to tell you guys about my lunch today, but, uh, yeah, um, they, they said that they, they can't do it there because they, they don't have cheese curds there or whatever. Um, but this place, the poutinery is like one of those places that like, Hey, you take a regular thing and you, you, you make it extreme. We have a place here called the works where it's like hamburgers and then they just put all sorts of weird shit on top. Um, you know what I mean? The good ones where it's like, yeah, you know, a pineapple spear or whatever, pineapple circle, pineapple ring, they call them, you know, pineapple ring and like jalapeno peppers and like this crazy, you know, Thai sauce, you know, on the burger. And you're like, yeah, it's called this, that, or whatever. There was one that they used to have called hold the phone, which was peanut butter and cream cheese, which sounds fucking weird. And I'd never been to the works. I'd only heard of it because people were like, yeah, but the works. I was like, ah, and they're like, yeah, they got like a peanut butter and cream cheese hamburger. And I was like, that sounds disgusting. Um, but everybody who told me about the place was like telling me about that one. And they're like, it's fucking great. And I'm like, okay, well, if everyone's trying this, it's great. First off, I like cream cheese. I like peanut butter. You know what I mean? I've never had them together because it sounds weird. But then when you have it, I was like, I got to try it because everyone raves about it. It's fucking great. I, I got it just like everyone else. It's fucking great. Um, it was like the same with me and haggis when I was in Scotland, right? It's like haggis is one of those things that sounds disgusting yet. I've never met anyone who had it that said it wasn't good. And then I tried it in Scotland and it was good. It was good until I, I overthought about what it was. And then I was just like, I don't want to eat this anymore, but it was good. It just tasted kind of like sausage, like a sausage ground beef crumble. Like that's all it, all it tasted like. Um, so anyways, poutine, this place is one of those places that's like, okay, we do the poutine base and then we put a bunch of shit on top. So your standards are kind of like, you know, your triple pork or whatever. So you get like poutine with like a bunch of bacon and sausage and pulled pork on top. Oh, you just feel the beats per minute of your heart just thump, 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 as it stops. But uh, that kind of stuff, amazing. You know, uh, they did all these different ones. So the one I got today was recommended to me. It was called the Sweet Montreal, I believe is what it's called. So it's uh, the poutine, always poutine on the base. Then you got like your uh, uh, Montreal smoked meat on top, pickles, and then sweet mustard. Son of a bitch, it was good. 
Uh, it was so good that I had to, like I was, pre- it's, it's funny. It's been guys, it has been a very productive day. I haven't had a, pr- a day this productive in a very long time. And, uh, and it's funny too, cause I'm looking at the, the timer here on the clock and I'm f- 50 minutes in. 50 minutes in and I still have a ton of shit to talk about. So again, an episode that I thought I would have to add a lot of filler to seems I am very excited to talk about the subjects this week. So anyways, um, yeah, um, uh, yeah, sweet Montreal poutine. I, I ate it. Stomach was so fucking full. Like I, I was going to do the podcast early. That's what I was getting at. Sorry. The phone will go off and I'll, I'll get distracted. I apologize. Squirrel. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, uh, had a big, I had like an hour long chat with, uh, with Chris at the idea shop. So some exciting things hopefully coming down the, the way I haven't had a chance to actually do like a phone chat with him in, in some time. So it was great, great getting a call from him. Um, I, I was going to do the podcast earlier that, that hour got eaten up by that. And then I was like, okay, oh, it's finally food time. It's finally food time. Um, sent some emails, like, like lots of, lots of cool shit, lots of cool shit, made some phone calls, got those calls back. So I, uh, I'm, I'm the evening now recording this. Um, and I intended to do it, you know, this morning, but anyways, that, that, that food came in. So I came back, I'm like, when I eat, I'm gonna record the podcast. I ate, got halfway through it. My stomach was full. I'm like throw on an episode of catfish while I was eating. So I'm like, all right, I'll just finish this episode every now and again. I just reach over and pick another fork full or two. So full. And I'm like, I have to have a nap. I'm too tired. I can't record the podcast. I'm so full. So I slept for like an hour and a half and, uh, and then here we are, but like with the fasting. Um, so yeah. And I would say easily that poutine probably filled my daily calories. So I likely won't eat again today, which is probably not super healthy, but, um, I'm surviving these fasts. You know what I mean? Like, um, only, only a couple times this week, you know, there was one day where, where I, I started late. I think I started at like two o'clock. Um, and then I, I had like a, like a pastry that I was going to eat, but I went out to do some things and I got home way later than I intended to. And so I'm like, well, it's eight 30 and I was really looking forward to that thing today. So I'll eat it. So I still stopped. I was only like an hour, honestly, it was like an hour over my fasting time. Cause I was like two to nine instead of one to seven, but, um, I'm drinking water. Uh, there's a few days where I, I was starting to get like some, some really bad, like, I don't want to call them chest pains, but they were like, they were between like chest pains and stomach cramps and they weren't intense. It was just like, I just honestly, I felt like gassy, but sometimes you feel gassy, you move around a little bit and you can work out like a fart or a burp that kind of makes you feel better. Um, especially since my system is like digesting nothing and it's works, it's, it's used to, you know, kind of working on something constantly. So, um, I've got the, I basically just was like, I got this fasting book. I better move this to the front of the line of all the things I have so that I can, so that I can, you know, make sure I'm not hurting myself. So I'm reading a book on fasting, uh, all the different kinds of fasting to make sure that I, I know what I'm doing and that I'm doing it for the right amount of time. But, um, it's, it's working. I saw the numbers on the scale go from 316 down to, uh, 309. Now that was, that was about six or seven days in that it went down to 309. The issue since is that I haven't been able to have a bowel movement. I don't want to sound too, I wasn't able to, you know, the old way for me would be like, I'd wake up in the morning, right? Have a pee, have a poo, uh, you know, have that cup of coffee in the morning, poo, get it, get it going. And then I get on the scale, like as empty as I can be, you know, and then here's the number. So three, um, three, oh, sorry, 316.7 pounds. So 317, um, 
that was that was on the you know the empty everything was out and the 309.8 was everything out which was good but like there's some days where like you know, i'll wake up and i've already had like two chug two glasses of water and a coffee before i can weigh myself well that's you know that's that's a different weight than if i was just you know had my morning pee and you know the old evacuation um and then test, you know, test the number. So I, I haven't, I got two more days since, and I haven't been able to get an accurate read because I still haven't, you know, gone number twos, you know, uh, poopies to put it medically. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't have my, my accurate number that would usually come, you know, after the first meal or after a few cups of coffee or whatever. So I, I'd like to get an empty read, but you know, I was on it earlier today and I was at like three eleven, but I, I had had a bunch of water and stuff like that, uh, cup of coffee you know, hadn't, hadn't put anything out. So I'm like, well, I'm still holding a lot of stuff inside. So, um, I'll try to get you guys a, an update next week with what the more accurate number is, but so far from three seventeen to three ten, that's a, that's a, that's a good loss. You know what I mean? I'm happy with that. So I'm going to keep going. And, and for anyone who's worried, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing it safely so that I don't, uh, so I don't hurt myself. And if I get to a point where I'm so hungry, I can't think I'm also kind of walking around like a zombie for a bit of the, the morning too, like around the 10, 11 o'clock. Like I start to get tired. I'm also trying to adjust my sleep schedule. So I'm not up all night. So I'm, I'm doing a few different things. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my sleep schedule fixed up and I'm getting my, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fasting and, uh, and I got to tell you, fasting is, is easier than, than diet and exercise. I, I will tell you that now I, uh, the, the very few pages that I've read in the, the complete guide to fasting is, um, it works better on a ketogenic diet. So I think I'm going to see how well I can keep up this fasting thing. If I can get them, you know, you know, those, those habit things where it's like, oh, it takes 28 days, takes 33 days, takes 45 days. I'm going to see if I can go two months maintaining the fasting thing. I am, uh, forgiving of myself um, with like, you know, starting 45 minutes here, you know, early here on this day, if circumstances allow or, or, you know, eating one hour later, like there's been days too, guys, where like I had a meal at like three 45 or something, um, you know, or, or I ate something this maybe not have a meal, but I ate something at like three 45. And then I like, you know, I was just tired from adjusting my sleep schedule. I go have a nap, wake up and it was like seven 30. I'm like, well, I, I guess I'm done eating for the day. So just know that while I'm, while I'm a hard shut off at like, okay, it's seven, no more eating, uh, know that like my last meal may have been two or three hours prior. You know what I mean? So I'm not just like, I'm not at seven o'clock. I'm like, oh, 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 and forks down like a test. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I stop at seven. There was the one day I stopped later for my little pastry thing. It was like a mother's day thing. I, I got my mom some lobster tails, which is a pastry, not a, not a, a, a protein. They're these cool pastries that are filled with custard. They're delicious. You can only get them. Uh, there's a, there's a little deli around here that sells them. They only sell them on Saturdays and you got to get there early or, um, or they're out. So, uh, my, my friend Julia is, is a family member of the place that, that owns it. And she, uh, I just, I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, just out of curiosity, like what time should I show up tomorrow? Like, like, Hey, do they, what time do they come in? Cause I was worried about showing up at like, you know, when they open, it's like, Oh, they don't show up until this time or whatever. Cause they're, they're not made in house. They're, they're brought in. Um, so I was like, I don't want to show up too early and they're not there and I don't want to show up too late and they're all gone. So, uh, Jules was great. Jules was just like, Oh, let me just, I, I'll just message the guys and ask them like, you know, if they could put, how many do you need? I'll get them to put them aside. I was like, Oh my God, that was so much better than I wanted. I was still there right when they opened. Like I didn't act like a, you know, I didn't act like some Devo shows up in the middle of the afternoon. Like, are they still there for me? I ordered them. Thank you. Um, but I was like, that's it's, and it's also mother's day, 
right? So I felt like there would be a more of a rush, more of a demand for them to, to you know, a nice little treat on Mother's Day. So I got lucky. I procured those. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was one of the things I did. So I had a, a nice games night with my mom. I guess, I guess that I, that I close the fasting thing down. It's still working. Numbers are going down the scale. I am surviving. Um, I feel hungry. One of the things that has sucked though, is that last couple of days, uh, Kamar has woken up or like early in the morning, goes downstairs and he makes bacon. That's, that's hard. That's hard because the entire house fills with bacon. I'm, I'm awake at like eight o'clock and I'm like, well, I can't eat for another five hours. And all that, I mean, you, you app, appetize, okay, vegans and vegetarians, like I, I get it, but, but appetize yourself more than the smell of bacon, right? So it's like, it's all through the house and it just fucks with me because it makes me hungry right away. So it's not really his fault or anything he's allowed to do, but I might have to just be like, dude, can we, can you like open a window and turn on the hood fans or something like that? Because it's, it's making my fasting really hard to like wake up and just, you know, instinctually become hungry at that incredibly appetizing smell. So, but I, but I haven't failed. I've been two days and that's, that's been like the temptation. Oh my God. I'm trying to think of like some other, yeah, like dangle a steak over a dog. And then he just doesn't, doesn't even snap at it. Like, all right, you really held back there, buddy. You really held back. It's like, yeah, (laughs) it's, uh, it was tough. Anyways. Um, had, uh, had a little games night with my mom. Uh, the roommates weren't here as always. And, uh, and I, uh, just, you know, I cleared the table for her, washed it down, sanitized all that stuff. My mom came in. We, we had a really, um, a big talk. Um, I'm, I'm working on myself right now in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm reading different subject matters. I really want to get better guys. I really, really want to get better. I've got, I've got hope in my heart again. And I'm trying to, to turn this ship around and I really want it to stick this time. Um, I really want it to stick. And I realize that a lot of my shit is, is, uh, internal. Like I don't eat cause I'm hungry. I eat because I'm like depressed or upset. And then when you eat, your body releases dopamine. So you feel good. It's a pleasure chemical. You know what I mean? So like when people think like fat people are eating because like, you know, Hey, you know, you why don't you, why don't you eat oatmeal? It's a complex carb and it takes longer. It's like, that's not why I'm not eating cause I'm hungry. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not the kind of person who's like, like, I'm not into pop and I'm not into chips and, and things like that. Like it's frustrating. It's like, you know, you want to get, you want to lose weight, just cut out pop. Ugh. Thank, thank you. I, I mean, yes, I appreciate it. It's funny that like, it's so funny when I'm telling people about stuff and they're like, you know, you shouldn't eat a cheeseburger. Like it's not good for you. Like you should probably eat a salad instead. Like, I'm like, I know your heart's in the right place, but do you really, like, do you think so little of me that you think I don't know that a salad is better for me than a cheeseburger? You know what I mean? Who does salad make happy? Like, I'm eating it for that fucking, give me the drug, man. It's like going up to a fucking drug. You know, you shouldn't do heroin. You should play ultimate Frisbee. It's way better for you. (laughs) If you're looking to have fun. (laughs) <laughs> go go feed the ducks. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Have you ever tried heroin? Have you ever had a bacon double cheeseburger? Um so, so like mm. God love the positive people. I don't wish death on them, but I wish <laughs> start the sentence with that. I don't wish death on them. But I'm just like maybe you shouldn't talk to people. If you're that happy where you're just like, maybe they just don't know that happiness is at the bottom of a kale salad. You know what I mean? Just put a little bit of olive oil, some fresh pepper. That's all you need. 
And then that way you can count your ribs through your shirt. And that brings me pleasure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, like it's like those people, the cure for anxiety is relax. Hey, 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 just relax. Just relax. Oh my God. I never considered that. Thank God you're here. Um, again, their hearts in the right place, but it's just like, that's, that's also, can I just say this as much as I say ignorant shit, those people are fucking ignorant too. That's a still, that's still a level of ignorance to not know that like, I mean, like, first off, why would you even, if you really thought that I was that stupid, if you really thought that I was that stupid, why are you even talking to me? I wouldn't want to associate or engage in a conversation with somebody who's that stupid because I would feel like there's nothing that a, I could gain from them B that they could leave the conversation with from me. Do you know what I mean? Like, what did I give you? Hey, don't drink pop. You mean pop's not a vitamin? Um, (laughs) so like, I don't know. I actually smell bacon cooking right now. Am I having a flashback? I'm going to get in the passenger seat and put on my flak jacket. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I, I, as I said, I was having like a kind of a big talk with my mom because I was like working on stuff and it got like way deeper than I meant for it to. Um, I don't have a lot of deep conversations with my mom. Um, my mom is a willing participant if she's talking about someone else. And even then it's more like what her suggestion is. And I told them they should do this. And I said, if you're going to do this, then you like, it's a lot of like, you know, my mom is very, you know, take my advice. I'm not using it. Only she's not aware that that's her position. Um, rather than just going into a big, long thing with you guys, I would just say I did an interview with my mom, uh, on the podcast and you can literally hear like AR dynamic, which has improved over the the course of the years, but you can literally hear me like asking her questions about herself and she's like avoiding them. She doesn't want to talk about herself. She doesn't want to talk about, you know, shortcomings or flaws. And like all of my conversation with her is like pre Josh, like about who she was before she had me. I've only ever known her as my mom, of course, but trying to like get a little bit of a better understanding about her. And, um, you can tell she's just like sidestepping questions. Doesn't really want to go into it. She's like, she even says, I think a few times a month, she's like, this isn't fun. Like I thought me like, I'm like, well, what did you think? Like my mom's like me, she's funny, you know, where she works. She's like, kind of like the office caught up or whatever, but there's no like deep shit to her. Like she doesn't dive deep into herself and, and the things that have gone on in her life and the things that have made her who she is. And, um, and I believe she's suffered for it. And I believe that our relationship has suffered for it because sometimes we pass forward the shit in our lives to the next generation. And I, I personally like to break the cycle. I know I took accountability, like even in that conversation, like I, I had to take accountability for a lot of my shortcomings uh, in my life and especially in my relationship with, with crystal. And it wasn't, I mean, it's never been easy for me. It's, it sucks to look at yourself and go, wow, I made these fucking mistakes. And once you know what was at root of them, like it's kind of, it's, it's freeing to a point. Cause you're like, well, now that I understand what I did, it's, it's, it's like making a mistake over and over again. And then someone just teaches you how to do it the right way. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. And it's, and it's hard to go back again. I was actually thinking about this when I was reading the book belief, right? Cause I'm listening to these people talking about how like listening to English and they have no idea what's what the person's saying. Like it's all just gibberish. And I was wondering like, can I ever like, how could I, how could I ever listen to English and not know what it means ever again? Like I would love, I'd love to put myself in their shoes and just hear words coming out, not know what they mean, but I'm like, but that's the thing, right? It's like, I, I know how to speak English now. 
and I can't, I can't hear English spoken. You know what I mean? Let's say, let's say articulately. All right. Like that's not English. All right. That is not English. That is gibberish with the occasional. That is a baby speaking with the occasional word that's recognized. I'm talking about you speaking the, the language. Let's say, let's say 70% plus accurately. We can, we can leave room for a little slang and a little bit of slurring, but I'll never be able to hear English and not understand it. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, all things considered, you know, if I have like some sort of acquired brain injury or I'm a vegetable or whatever, like, yeah, I probably be a lot of things I don't understand at that point. But all I'm saying is that like, it'll be very difficult to go back from that. Well, there's certain things about behaviors and psychology that once you learn them, it's really hard to just be like, well, I'm still going to do it anyways. Like now that I know like how wrong it is to do something, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's really, yeah. Anyways. So conversation went deep. I, I recognized some flaws. Owning flaws is important because like I said, it, it sucks because you kind of got to like, you got to take accountability for them, but it's also freeing because like you can change it now. Now that I know what I was doing wrong, you can change it. These people who like that people in my life who've lived gener like generations, fuck decades, generations and are still like the same errors and the same mistakes. And there's no sign of, of recognition or accountability. And it's still everyone else's fault or the world's fault or whatever. And you're like, fuck, like what a wasted life. You know what I mean? And they're angry and unhappy. It's not like this person's like happy, go lucky. You know what I mean? I'm like, if, if you're, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you fucked over other people and you hurt other people, but I mean, at least you're happy. I guess it paid off for you. You know, not that I'm, really pro on that, but at least there's some sort of like, okay, well, is there a pause? But then you just see someone who was like miserable to other people and, mi and they're, they're miserable. And you're like, well, what was the fucking point? This whole experiment for you, right? This, this experience of life to just hurt people. Anyways, deep convo with my mom. Um, I, I owned stuff. I, um, I was gonna say I held her feet to the fire on some things, but I didn't, I didn't come at her. I didn't point fingers. I didn't make accusations. I talked about what it was like from my perspective growing up. Like my mom's my number one fan. Um, she's in my corner, but it's been a very rocky relationship because I've had to wear a lot of things in my life that weren't my fault, that were, that were her shortcomings. You know, she's a human being. She was a single mom. She was, she was not well off. So there was a lot of sacrifices with sacrifices. There can come resentment. And sometimes that resentment wasn't pointed in the right direction. You know what I mean? Um, and the worst is like, when I don't know, I don't know. I, I won't waste too much. You guys I'm like, I'm sure I'm well over the, yeah, I'm already well over the hour mark and we got lots to talk about. Um, the reason I'm bringing it up is it was a big part of my week in terms of just self-reflection and things like that. And just continuing to encourage me to, be a better person. My mom was very receptive to the conversation. She contributed some things when we weren't talking about her. Um, and it, uh, I don't know. It was important. It, it was really important to me and, uh, and I'm grateful. She doesn't listen to the podcast. It's funny. I, I had one episode forever ago where I was, you know, when I, f when I first broke up with my ex where I was on tears on tears in tears on the podcast. And, I was, I was just referring to this metaphor that, 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 that and, it, and it made me terrible. It was the only time, the only time that I've op like ever openly wept on the podcast. And I wasn't a mess, but you could hear the quiver in my voice. You could hear the, 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 the tears building up and I'm not ashamed of it. 
you know, I, I lost the love of my life at the time. Like it wasn't, if you're going to cry about something, that's, that's what to cry about. You know what I mean? These chicks crying because a customer told them they were stupid. Like I fuck. Okay. <laughs> but I guess, you know, however you process your pain, I process it with humor, but, but I, I cried on the podcast just briefly. You know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Someone sent me a cute meme. Um, I, uh, I, I just, she listened to it on the podcast. She was on the bus on her way to work. So this is a few years back and she's on the bus on the way to work. And she's like, I'm not listening to your podcast anymore. I'm on the bus listening and I'm just blubbering away. She's like, I don't want to listen to that. It's going to make me cry in public. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't know you were on the bus. You know, it wasn't, I, I made it for you. I didn't say, Hey, make sure you listen as soon as you get on the bus. It's, it, and I go, it literally only happened that one time that I ever cried on the podcast. So, you know, is what it is. And, uh, so I'm like, you can listen anyway. She doesn't listen to the podcast. So I'm not, I'm not shitting on her, but, um, it was just, it was, it was freeing. And like I said, if you guys want to get like a little idea of kind of like who my mom is, whatever, um, check out the episode, the, the bonus episode I did with her. You know what I mean? It's out there. Paula Williams, Sunlist YouTubers, just out of respect for my mom. And, you know, in case anybody, you know, on the web or whatever, looks her up or work, or whatever, like it's, I didn't put it on YouTube. That's the only episode of the one man podcast that is not on YouTube. And that was out of respect for her. So, um, just know that, that if you want to find it, YouTubers, one man podcast.com, the episode is there, uh, Paula Williams, that's the name. So feel free to, uh, feel free to listen to a chat with me and my mom. That was a few years old. All right. That's not like it's a recent one, but, um, I don't know this in terms of subject conversation wise, talking to you guys, maybe it's not the, uh, the most interesting thing, but uh, you know, you guys listen to this to sort of see what's going on with me. And, and I got to tell you, um, it was definitely, uh, a, a big part of my week and, and will, will be a big part of the inspiration I have to continue to grow and, and will be a big part of my growth. Um, I'm going forward. I mean, I could, I could tell you more, but like, I just, I don't think it's fair truthfully. Like, like again, listen to the podcast. That's she's there. She's there to defend herself. On anything I say, uh, she's not here for that at the moment. And I've always tried to not, um, not really go at anybody on the podcast. I think the person that I've probably been that I've broken that rule for the most was, was crystal. Um, my ex for, for anyone who knows the, uh, you know, the woman that I've tried desperately my entire life to get over. And I seem to be incapable of doing that. Um, it's hard to get over someone. We like part of wanting to get over someone is, is being able to be mad at them. You know what I mean? Is to, to look at the stuff that you didn't like and, and really focus on that. And, uh, when you really admire somebody, you care about them a lot. It's very, very hard to do that. So, um, part of my growth is being able to openly admit that I, I still love that person very, very much. And, and, uh, yeah, anyways, anyways, but the person I need to love the most is me. I need to love me and that's what I'm working on. So, uh, check that stuff out. And, and, uh, I guess a minor you know, I, I hope everyone has always felt that I've been fair. I, I even try not to say people's names in case they don't want me to, you know, bring up anything or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, guys, I like a, a lot of reflections. I apologize. That's why I'm having a hard time moving off of the subject. My last little personal story I'll tell you is that I, I had an opportunity to go and visit my, uh, my brother and my nephew, um, which was really cool. And what was really cool about this was the fact that my brother actually reached out was like, Hey, 
you know, Hey, sometime this week, you know, did you want to go for a walk at the park with me and, uh, and the kiddo? And I was like, Oh, that's great. So it was nice that he kind of like reached out to me and we don't normally do that. And, uh, we did it relatively early in the morning too, which was kind of cool. The little guy was fun. He was in his little cart and then, you know, he wanted to get out of the, the wagon. He wanted to pull it himself, you know, and then he wanted back in and then he didn't want to carry it at all. And then he wanted, and it's funny too, cause it's like, he doesn't, it's like, sometimes he's like, he wants to be the one who pushes and he wants to pick who's pulling the wagon. Like, no, you pull the wagon. Like, so he'd come and get me. Like my brother's pulling. He's like, no, 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 you pull the wagon. <laughs> like it was fun. And he was having fun at the the park. He was building my, my brother was filling a pail of sand and then plopping at little sand castles for him. And he was just having fun, just stomping them. And it was funny because he would sit down in the sand while my brother filled the bucket and then he would plop it over and pull the thing off and he would stand himself up, you know, as my brother was plopping it over, that was like his cue to get up. Oh, I got to get ready to smash this bastard, you know? And then he just stomp, 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 stomp. And then my brother, okay. And he'd sit back down and wait for the bucket to get full again. <laughs> Goes flip it over and he gives and he gets all slow, right? Cause he's little. But it was just, uh, it was really cute. He was having a good time just fucking around in the sand with his shovels and his pails and whatever, you know, and it was, it was a good walking. I went back to their place and I just sort of sat with him. He's, he's very funny. Cause he'll like, he, he wants everybody involved in stuff. So he'll, you know, come and get you. And then near the end of the day, he wanted me to hold him, which was, which was uh, very endearing. Cause my understanding is he's, you know, he's, I heard the term COVID baby for the first time, which is like, I guess a baby who's been born through this COVID stuff. So they don't get to socialize the same way as everybody else. Right. Like taking a puppy away from his mother at like, you know, less than six weeks, they need that time to socialize and stuff like that. Forgive me. Big old yawn here. So that was, that was fun. It was just, again, another positive my week. My week has been very, very positive. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that very much. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny too. My dad, uh, my dad reached out this week too. Um, he sent me, it was cool. He's like, he's like, you're a piece, you're a, you're a pizza connoisseur. What do you think of this? And he sent me a picture of a pizza that looked shitty. It was like, yeah, it was like 24 bucks, you know, for a large and then, and it was like, it, it was hard to, uh, it was hard to describe. In fact, I'll see, I'll see if I can get his permission and I'll throw it up on the Instagram if anyone cares. But if you watched tiger King, um, tiger King had this part of it. Like, I'm sure you guys know what tiger King is. But, uh, the, um, there was this part in tiger King where they got, uh, um, meat from Walmart. You know what I mean? Sorry guys. I get messages and stuff like that. It's very distracting, but, uh, the, um, oh, where is it? I'm trying to see the look of, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm also trying to find the, the picture of the pizza. So in tiger King, right. There's all these crazy people and they have their own fucking, you know, tiger zoos or whatever. And they're all lunatics. Well, uh, at one point they're saying how like Walmart would like donate all of their discarded meat or whatever to, uh, to the, the tiger people. Yeah. So here's, here's your meat. Use this to, for your, for your tiger story. I just found the picture. Anyways, they were talking about how it was like all like, you know, old, you know, lunch meat, bologna and, and stuff like that. Um, sorry that you guys just had to sit through all the mm and eyeing. I apologize. I should have paused it. I didn't, uh, forgive me. But yeah, so it looks like, like bologna and, you know, deli ham and, and deli, just, just junk meat. Well, in, in, um, in the Tiger King thing, they were saying that like, you know, they at one point decided to open up like a little pizza restaurant on the premises and they, <laughs> they said that the, the, the workers were saying that they suspected that like 
these expired meats and stuff like that were ending up on the pizzas that people were eating. And then in the movie, they showed pictures of like, you know, what a couple of some of these pizzas look like. They just look disgusting with all this bologna and shit on top. Well, that's what, that's what the pizza that my, my dad got looked like in the picture. And I was like, yeah, did you, he hasn't seen Tiger King, so he didn't get the reference, but I was like, that's what it looks like, dude. I'm like, that looks like the, the Tiger King pizza. So I'll share that with you guys. If you have an opportunity to <laughs> check out the Instagram page, I'll show you what a fucked up, uh, what a fucked up pie day looks like. Um, but it was just funny that he's like, you're the pizza connoisseur. What do you think of this? I'm like, well, it looks gross. And he's like, it was, it was a gross. Oh, what is that? Like liver on top? Gross, gross. But yeah. So, Hey guys, send me your pictures of food and I will tell you whether I think it looks good or not. It definitely looked for the price they paid. It looked like, yeah. Fuck it. I'll put it on Instagram. I'll put that little note here. Pizza on Instagram. Uh, just where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Insta Instagram. Um, speaking of all this other stuff, like we're getting close to the end guys. We're getting close to the end. All right. We got some, we got some good stuff to talk about here. We're going to get the top fives in just a moment. A lot of people have been enjoying that segment. Thank you so much for the support and the, uh, the feedback. Mm. I actually had to pause this a couple of times and take some phone calls and answer some messages. It is now 7.45 PM and I'm still drinking this Arizona iced tea. So an example of how I passed my fast. So, um, I'm going to continue drinking it till the end of the podcast and then hard stop, but I haven't eaten a, a second meal. So that pe- that poutine that I had earlier, that's the food for today. So again, not going through the, uh, the, the things there. Okay. So here's, here's some good stuff I have to share with you guys. You know, like I said, working on myself, things are going well. Um, I want to give some shout outs to some friends, uh, who are just working on some projects, some personal growth stuff. Uh, red, good friend of the podcast has co-hosted it with me many times. Red is working on some stuff for herself. I just wanted to take a second and publicly say like, great job. Good for you. Um, congratulations on, on, uh, you know what you're working on and, uh, you know, somebody's like, well, what is it? Nah, it's, it's not my place to say, but, um, I just, uh, you know, we, like I said, we've all got our shit from our lives that we've held on to and we, you know, we may not understand or whatever. And, um, and that's a great thing. I personally had someone recommend an app to me, which I'll tell you guys about in just a moment after I say that I reached out this morning, uh, to my therapist, the one that I spoke to, uh, you know, right before COVID started and kind of throughout the beginning of COVID. And, you know, after, after it ended, it was kind of like, you know, we can, we can talk to each other again in the future, but we kind of like, let's, let's let what we talked about settle in and see if you can make some changes in your life and yada, yada. And just because there's some real growth shit that I want to do with myself and I'm having a better understanding of myself. Like one of the things I'm learning about myself is, I mean, I've always known this, but I guess I never really gave it, um, I never really gave it a lot of thought as it being something that really affects me is that, um, I'm really not a very patient person. Um, I've never, I've never, well, I'm getting better at it in later in life, but it's still well overdue is, you know, I have a hard time saving, right. Putting money aside and saving it for a rainy day. It's getting infinitely easier, but, but for a lot of my life, it was like, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait. I want something now. Like, you know, if, if you, if you wait and do that, ah, the fuck out of here, I don't care. You know what I mean? Um, I think that with weight loss, it takes a lot of patience, right? To be able to work on something and know that you're not going to see results of it today. And you may not even see like big results in a few weeks or a month, but you've got to show up every day and eventually, you know, you'll, you'll get to where you want to be, right? It's just like saving. If you're saving for something, it's like, yeah, I'll see the numbers slowly going up, but I still don't, don't have it. And I think, I think patience 
is a, a big part. It's like the same, even, you know, in stand up and, and work and careers, like, you know, I want that promotion now. I want this, that now I got to have this accomplishment now. And it's like, just be patient, you know, same with the podcast. Let's, let's let it grow organically. Uh, I haven't had such good feedback from this top, you know, from, from a segment of the podcast, this top feedback, uh, top five lists in a while. And I, I like that people are excited about it. And, um, I think patience is going to be a very important part of my growth. So, um, reached out to my therapist. I left them a message this morning saying like, Hey, is it possible that we can re restart? Is there any new thing? And, uh, while I was having a little nap this afternoon, I woke up to a phone call and it was like, yeah, um, set up our, our first one. So I actually, uh, Tuesday. So, so right before the next episode, I'll probably end up recording the episode beforehand, but, um, just, just, I'm excited that I'm starting therapy up again and I'm going to be able to focus on, I want to focus on some, some insecurity stuff that I deal with. And I want to focus on, uh, patience. And again, like with the weight loss, that's, that's a big one for me. And I, I think that my lack of patience and sort of discipline in that regard are really what hurt me as well as some of the other stuff I've described to you guys in the past. So, um, you know, I'm conquering some self-image stuff. I'm conquering some anger and things like that. And I think what I need to do next is to like, in order to grow you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think that I, I tend to give up on things and change things because I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. And so that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a focus. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, so far, so good. The fasting's going well. I don't intend to stop that anytime soon. I'm on day, what are we, Tuesday? So day nine of fasting, still being pretty good and strict to that. I'm going to read the book to make sure that I'm doing it right and safe. And once that habit, you know, is, is, is built, I'm going to move on to, uh, switching over to a ketogenic diet because apparently you get the most out of fasting when your body is burning fat, not burning carbs. So that'll be something too. Of course, I will tell you guys about it, uh, going forward. So, um, the application that I have for you guys, um, it's, uh, it's in the same group of, of things as better help. So better help is like a speaking to a therapist, you know, one-on-one -on, -one on an app, like you schedule the time and you go on there and I believe I'm, I'm almost certain it's a paid service that you can do. So you can get therapy right over your phone, video chat or whatever it is. Well, there's another app that's actually in the same group as, as better help. And it's called therapeer. So therapy, E E R. Okay. Like your, your peer to peer. And the way therapeer works is that you got like kind of two options is you can go in that's it. And it's free. It's hundred percent free from my understanding. It's free. And you go into it and you have the option of either being kind of like, um, I guess ad, not an admin or a moderator or, or a mentor or whatever, but you go in and you have the option of either looking at what, what somebody else is going through and kind of offering an ear and advice to them. So when you first start up the app, it asks you what areas of conversation, you know, and, and, and stuff you might, you feel you would be able to be helpful in. And, um, that's kind of, you know, I, I picked the ones that I thought I would be, be helpful in. Um, and, uh, you know, it's all anonymous. It doesn't put your name or anything like that in the group or whatever it is. But the idea is that it's, it's like a three on one kind of therapy thing. You got three, three peers who are there listening to you, maybe offering you advice and that, and they're not psychiatrists or, or psychologists. It's just people who care. So a lot of times, you know, we just would love someone to listen and we don't feel like there's anyone there. So this is a place you can go to. It's not only like, Hey, will you listen? But these are people who have actively decided like, 
you know, it's not a chat room. I mean, it, it operates like that, right? You, you're chatting back and forth with these people, but there's no video. So you don't have to worry about putting yourself out there, you know, being looked at or anything like that. They, they have no, they don't see your name. It's like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a username or whatever. And when the people join, it's like you're, you're committing before you go into a room, you're basically committing that you're available for the next hour for the person, right? So it's not like you go in and people are dropping in, dropping out, and they don't care. Like it's, you're basically going to a place where people are like, I want to, I want to help. I want to listen. I want to be there for you. And I, I misunderstood. I thought I had to like do a certain amount of listening before I was allowed to like create a room of my own. So, um, I, I went on there and I, and I was like, okay, well, this is my first one. Like, I'll just sit back and, and listen and maybe be supportive if I think there's something I can say that would help, you know, and, and what it is that one person was like, you know, was like, I don't, I don't feel good about myself. I really, I find myself disgusting, whatever. I'm like, well, I can listen. There's a lot of people I know that like, don't feel good about themselves. I'm like, I can definitely build this person up and I'm not saying their name and I'm not going to go into like much detail, but I will tell you my initial experience was like, you know, I'm like, okay, I can, I can be of use. And I jumped, I, t- I took the third slot. And then when you go in, you see like the next message. And it was like, I was raped by, you know, a family member from age four to 16. I, I have constant trauma. I'm like, well, I just jumped right into the deep end, but, um, I, I'm proud of myself in the sense that I actually ended up saying a lot of stuff that was particularly, I guess, helpful to this person. Like they felt like they understood some stuff. Cause if there's anything that I can, you know, I have watched a lot of stuff about that kind of trauma and, um, I just, I honestly, I just kind of listened. I didn't make any judgments. And that's the thing too, guys, like I'm, I'm suggesting this for people predominantly who are like, I just want to talk and, and maybe, you know, like a lot of people just reach out to their friends. Well, guess what? Your fucking friends don't know anything. You tell your friends something that's awful. And they're like, man, that sucks. That's atrocious. It's like, they're not really giving you anything. They're just like, you know confirming I maybe, maybe what you already think, or, you know, sometimes they're like, you know, Oh, they should like, like sometimes people will tell you they'll go too far. You know, I've been guilty of that in the past where someone's telling me something, you know, they're trying to get off their chest and I get outraged by it. Like I end up, you know, at that moment where they were, you know, when it first happened. So, you know, I'm not really helping when I'm kind of amping up the frustration with the situation as opposed to just listening and letting, letting it, you know, go away as opposed to building up. I've been guilty of that myself. And so, um, the reason I suggest it is that if you're somebody who's like, it would be nice to talk to someone, you can go in, create a room and people will actively try to listen. Just know you're getting, you're getting other human beings who genuinely, they want to help. They just might not always know, like they might not be offering you tools and stuff like an actual therapist would, but this is free. So if it's two o'clock in the morning and you're, you're down about something like jump in a room, it's called therapy Okay. It's a blue or sorry, it's a greenish aqua colored app with like an opening white door on it. So if you're in a position, like I've already recommended it to a few people this, this week, I, I did only two times where I was trying to help somebody. Luckily the second time was, there's a lot of people going through some serious shit there. And I guess they, they may, they're in a position where they can't afford therapy or anything like that. So, you know, and, and they're alone. So rather than just laying in bed, you know, destroying yourself with thoughts and and losing sleep or, or eating or harming or doing drugs or doing anything that's going to take you away from the solution. Um, feel free to check out that app. It's, it's free and and you may find some help there. Or if you're just the kind of person who's, you know, got a lot of love to give or, or, or very caring and you're in COVID and you're like, I got fucking, I'm going crazy. 
maybe jump on and, and be, be an ear for someone else. You know, again, if you think that you can offer something, try, try not to be judgy of their situation. Try not to, to, you know, you need to do this and do that. Just listen, offer, offer advice, offer suggestions, be an ear. You know, my, my biggest, I guess, thought going in is just like, just don't make them feel like if they're suffering, just let them know, like, you're not broken. You know what I mean? Like everybody, I spent years of my life wondering what, what the fuck was wrong with me. And then you look around at other people's lives, people, there are so many people in my life that I thought were fucking pristine. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, why can't I be like them? And then I found out things about them and I was like, I would never do that. I wanted to be like somebody who had something in them that I would never do. That makes me say, like, you know what I mean? Like the world is really not as pristine, right? We all put these images out there, but it's really not, uh, you know, as wonderful. And I mean, it is, you know, in terms of perspective and kindness, but like when you're looking at all these other people's lives, know that it's not as magical as, I mean, look at these celebrities. Everyone wants to be rich and famous. They're on fucking drugs and their lives are ruined and they're not happy. They're chasing some sort of meaning. Like it's, you know. Work on yourself. That's all I'm trying to say. So therapy here. So that's a big shout out to, uh, to my pal red, a shout out to my buddy, Matthew in, uh, in, uh, Halifax, Dartmouth, Dartmouth, across the way there from Halifax there, bad. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's that. Let's get on with the fucking top fives. Let's have some fucking laughs and get the hell out of here. Okay. Um, uh, I appreciate it. I got an email from Chad this week. Hey, eh? old chatty boy in fucking New York. Chad sent an email to me about, uh, one of the first lists. He sent me his top, where is it? His top five YouTube channels, right? So from the very first list, top five YouTube channels called Burl's Art. Okay. So B-U-R-L-S-A-R-T makes guitars out of random things. Uh, Chris Stuckman does movie slash show reviews. We got Zany, Z-A-N-N-Y, plays video games with entertaining commentary. Then there's uh, Game Ranks, so G-A-M-E-R-A-N-X, Game Ranks. They do Before You Buy, which is them breaking down the games, pros, cons, to give you an understanding of the games and to help you decide whether or not you want to purchase the game. And then he has The Boy Aqua. Sorry, that I apologize, That Boy Aqua. Uh, he breaks down games and talks about the story as well as gameplay. So that's Chad's top five thing. And then he sent me another email shortly afterwards that says, you should do top five favorite bands. So here's, here's what I say. I told you guys, if you send me a list, I will do it. However, however, I, that one there is so broad that like, I feel like I couldn't talk about bands ever again. You know what I mean? Because I just did top five bands, you know, and then to dissect further, I would rather the lists be a little more, you know, specific, I guess, just because I feel like that would, uh, that would give me more to talk about. So like, if I'll, I'll do it right now. I'll, I'll just do like top five bands, like Foo Fighters, uh, Soundgarden. Uh, I like Stone Temple Pilots, but then there's like U2 that I like and fuck, there's, there's a lot of them. I mean, the Stones right are incredible there's so many there's so many be- like that's that's so broad but if you're like top five acdc another one i'm probably well over five now um right Soundguard. like i, I like the ones i mean fuck tra- tragically hip how did i not even think of them right tragically hip's a big one i fucking love the bare naked ladies uh they're yeah like it's so broad so like i would need i would need that whittled down so i'm gonna say that yeah if <sighs> That's, that's a tough one. I just, I just named five bands that there's, there's, how about that? That was the, the top five bands that come to mind first. 
That was that list right there, but that's not this week's. Okay. I've, I've put more thought into this week's. I also wanted to thank my friend Izzy who sent out an email. Now here's what is did is she sent me like a bunch of different ones. So I've already started rather than like saying them all and, and burning through them. I'm actually like, cause then, then it's just like, that's are out there and then we have forever to think about them. So what I did was I copy and pasted them into a word uh, document and then I started working on one. So I'm actually going to pluck one from this list for next week's, uh, podcast. And I'll tell you guys that at the end, but I just wanted to thank her for her emails. Cause she said, hi, top five, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. She says, obviously I'll just read the part that was there. She's like, obviously you don't have to do them all, but maybe keep them somewhere in case they're a week. You don't have any suggestions. So yeah, I appreciate that is. And, uh, and that is exactly what I'm going to do with them. Um, I don't have anything for next week yet, so I'll definitely pull one of those lists. But what I really liked about the ones that she suggested is they were all very thoughtful. They, they, they try to get you to explore yourself a little bit too. Not just like, you know, Hey, top five fucking hamburger toppings or whatever. Like, which, you know what, on a slow week, fuck it. Why not? I like the ones where I got to kind of talk it out a little bit. So, um, without further ado, here's this week's top five from Mark last week is the top five strip club moments. Okay. Um, now I did have one story that would have made this list. So when I was looking at all the different stories, there was only like two that didn't make it. And one of them was the one I'm about to say. Um, but I told one of my top five strip club moments, uh, it would have made this list, but I actually told like the entire story, uh, on my interview with Daryl Purvis. And I actually mentioned someone's name that I, you know, I was like, he's like, I don't know if she would want you to mention her name. I'm like, well, I did. She's cool. It was 10 years ago. It was fucking 12 years ago. So everyone's a different person then, but anyways, um, so I'm not telling that story on this one. Another thing took the slot because, uh, that's just the way it is. I don't have room for everything. And sometimes I'm like, oh, these are all kind of interesting stories. So I'm going to preface my top five strip club moments with, I don't like strip clubs. Um, I think it was a novelty, you know, maybe the first time I went when I was like 15 or 16, uh, I believe I went with my two best friends, Jimmy and Mika, and there may have been another friend or two from our group at the time that unfortunately I don't remember, but like everything back in the high school days, it was pretty much with those guys. Um, if they've got wives that listen to this and they told them that they've never been to a strip club, they lied. Another horrible thing people do in relationships. They lied. Uh, they have been to strip clubs before. Um, the, um, so this was, this was one of the stories that I found interesting. I, I don't like strip clubs. I find that, that it's just, it's kind of gross. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's some people, some people are being objectified. Other people are being manipulated by their like, you know, feelings and hormones. It's a, just a giant manipulation altogether to, to separate people from their money, you know, trick someone into thinking like, it's not just like, Hey, do you want to rub up against my body in the, the, the private room? Like, you know, you're going to pay for it, but that's what we're doing. You know? No, it's like, Hey, how are you? Like you, you fake a connection, albeit a small one. And I mean, people are, people know, but fuck after watching this catfish show, you're like, no, they, they really don't. Sometimes they really don't. They're just as so in denial and so lonely. And like this, this is just so far away from where they're at in life. Like, hi, I'm a big fat fuck. And uh, you're a beautiful woman and you're going to go put your naked body on me. And in Canada, or at least in the parts that I'm aware of, uh, you know, you're, you're allowed to, if you go into the private room, you're allowed to, to touch, uh, not everything, you know, no, uh, my, this is my understanding is, uh, no lip to lip, uh, contact and no touching the old, uh, boom box or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So 
I'm the kind of guy who's like, I, like I have had a couple private dances. Friends would buy me one for, for my birthday or whatever it is. Um, I think probably my first time I was like, oh yeah, I'll try the 20 bucks. That's not that much. Sure. I'll try it. Like, and it's just, and I'm, and I, again, I'm not like some ravenous beast. You know what I mean? I'd like to think that myself is kind of like a little bit of a shy guy. You know, I'm like outgoing if I'm making you laugh, but if I'm like, you know, <laughs> if I'm just like, oh, a boy in a girl situation, I'm like, Ugh. Girls don't like me. So I, I would just sit there, right? Some guys are like, oh yeah, you dance on me. I'm putting my hands on your, on your legs, your ass, your, your tits. Like, I'm just like, I'm like basically sitting on my hands. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to just touch you. That's rude. <laughs> I just, how, that's just how I am. I'm, I, it's like, I'm paying you to rub your naked body on me. But if I was to put my hands on you, that's, that's rude. I don't know. I just, it's just, it's not real. I don't like, I don't like things that aren't real. So like to engage in them, I mean, I guess I'm already culpable to an extent by just being like, yeah, I'll take the dance or whatever. But anyway, so there was this one time, I don't remember what strip club it was in, but I remember, um, I remember, uh, I sat down, this was like fucking forever ago. Okay. Fucking forever ago. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know, 20 years, maybe maybe a little less, um, doubtful, a little more 20 years ago would have been 18. No. So yeah. Like maybe, yeah. Right around then. Jesus Christ. Fuck. I'm old. Um, <laughs> and not even right. I got other people listening. You think 38's old. Keep in mind, I'm overweight. All right. Road hard and put away wet. I, I got a little bit rougher things going on here. Um, I remember this, there was this, this girl, she was, I, I, I just remember because it was her face when this happened. So she walks me back. She was blonde ponytail glasses. So she had this kind of like, I don't want to say like librarian or whatever, but she looked like nerdy. Okay. She looked a little nerdy. So we walk to the back. I sit down in the, in the little chair on the, the couch, whatever the hell you want to call it. And, and she like, she reaches like her hands out. Right. Or she like, she, she reaches her hands up for me to replicate, which is like, hold your hands up. Like you're, you know, you're, you're begging like Oliver Twist. You get your hands together, hands out, like, please, whatever. She tells me to put my hands up. So I put my hands up and as I'm doing, I didn't know what she was going to do. I, I, thought, I don't know. I thought she was sit in my hand. I, I don't know what I thought. Sit in my hands, fucking drop her. I don't know. The, the dance has not started at this point or anything. So it's just like, put your hands out. I was like, okay. And I'm thinking like, oh, I got these glasses on. I'm going to take my glasses off. Cause I've, I had, had had it before where one woman bumped into me, right? I think it was like my only other strip club experience with the private room or whatever prior. And it was like, she bumped into me and like knocked my glasses off my face. And I'm sure that probably scratched her back on like the corner of the frames or whatever. So I was just like, just in that moment, I put my hands up and I, and I grab my glasses and I take them off and I lean over to put them on the like little side table with one of, with my other hands still out. And I just felt this cold shit in my hands right? Like cold fluid in my, I thought she's for some reason at first I thought she spat in my hand. All right. So I'm like, I put my glasses and I feel this cold thing. I look at my hands and there's like a little blob of clear liquid and she's holding a little Purell tube, like a little Purell bottle. And she like squirted it in my hand and I'm just look and I look at her and she like motions like, eh, and like rub her hands together. Like, ah, rub your hands together. I'm like, what the fuck? Now this was also like 20 years ago. Purell was out, but it was like this new thing, like this whole idea of like sanitize your hands everywhere. I'm like, you can you just wash your fucking hands. Like, you know what I mean? Like you walked into a place that didn't have fucking Purell everywhere that you went. Obviously like the pandemic has made that insane, but I'm just saying that like, 
you didn't go in places and there was fucking hand sanitizer where they didn't have hand sanitizer about it. So it was this thing that was like, it was just starting to come out. We're like, Hey, if you want to sanitize your hands, like here's a great way to sanitize them without having to wash them. So Purell was new. So I knew what this shit was, but I like, you, you didn't see it in everybody. Like, like germaphobes carried it. You know what I mean? Like it was that kind of thing. It was still so new that like, you know, why is everyone carrying fucking, you know, this and that, whatever, like anyways, um, it was like the same as like, if you saw someone wearing a mask on an airplane 20 years ago, you're like, what the fuck is their problem? Like, so yeah, it was just, it was new. And so the idea is that I, like, I feel this like wet in my hand and I'm like, what the, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I look at her and she's like, yeah, rub your hands together. I'm like, fuck you. That's what I said. She wasn't speaking either. Cause I think she was like totally French. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but like most of the strip clubs, if not all I went to were like in, in Quebec. You know, because I was underage again, that's like how long ago it was that I would go to strip clubs. I'm really not interested in them. And she was like, ah, rub your hands again. I was like, no, fuck. I, I, I was like, you fucking rub your hands. I was insulted. Like I'm some fucking dirty piece of shit or whatever. I'm like, I get it. Like you got guys coming in there want to touch you. Like, yeah, wash. But at the same time, like you're, you're touching other fucking dudes. Like how you fuck. That's what I said. Are you fucking da, 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 da. And then I just sat there pissed off for like, like most dances, like three to five minutes. Right. It's like one song. And I just like sat there with my hands at my side while she's like, and I'm just like, you know, and obviously you're doing it cause you're going to, you're supposed to touch her, but I don't, I don't touch anyways. I was just like, it was just insulting. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it broke the magic or something like that, but it was just like, it's, it definitely is an instant reminder of like where you are and what's going on. So I'm like, well, that's a, you know, but again, I guess most of these people are just so like, they want to touch you. Yeah. Yeah. Put the, put the slop on me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I remember that pissing me off so much and me going full Josh Williams comic mode. Like, fuck you, you, you wash your fucking hands. You touch all these guys. Vu touche too late. It's like, that's you touching all the gross. <laughs> so like, that's one of my strip club stories was just. I just remember, and it's because I didn't see it come out. If I saw it come out, I'd be like, uh, okay, you too, Vusi. It was that, like, it just hit my hand, and I was just so like, what the fuck? I don't know. It's not a great story. Again, I don't spend a lot of time in strip clubs. Uh, number four. Number four. Um, I went to this uh, strip club. My friend Quentin wanted to go, and uh, this would have been maybe very probably like when I can this feel like this was one of the last times I ever went to a strip club. Uh, I would have been very early twenties. Um, cause I was working at future shop at the time. That's where I met my buddy Quentin. So he wanted to go to this place playmate. That's like in the, the joke part of town. You know what I mean? Like when someone comes to town and they're like, Hey, what's like the scuzzy part of town? Hey, it's Vanier. You know what I mean? And everyone's like, Oh yeah. Hey, I met this weird chick down in Vanier and the crowd laughs. Cause we, we get what he's talking about. We know that place. Um, it was a strip club called playmate and you went in and it was, you know, it was, it was very quiet. It was very quiet there. And I remember the TVs were playing like seventies, straight up seventies porn on them. Right. So like big hairy bushes and big hairy ball bags and giant hair, like very unattractive sex on the television. You know what I mean? Like Ron Jeremy type dudes, like big fat, hairy guys, fucking big fat, hairy chicks and stuff. And you're just like, and I'm like, there's naked, there's supposed to be naked women on the stage. What's the porn for? Like, Hey, by the way, if you're not turned on by our product, here's a little bit of added stimulus <laughs> on the, on the to TVs. And it's like, 
how is that? Is that supposed to, are your women so fucking hot? You got to kill the boner a little bit. Like what's, it was just, I just remember it being a weird environment, but my friend wanted to go because he knew quote unquote knew one of the strippers that worked there. And I was just like, whatever we were hanging out. I didn't, I, again, I didn't really care. Like I, I honest to God, I don't think going to the strip club has ever been my idea. Um, but I, I apologize. I digress. I just, like I said, it's just, ugh, it's so gross. And he's like, he's like, yeah, my friend works here. Her name is like, I don't know, fucking some fake name. You know what I mean? Not like the hacky cinnamon or diamond, but just like, you know, her name's Sandra. Let's just say just fucking whatever. Right. And he's like, it's not a real name. And I'm like, okay, well, what's her real name? He's like, well, you know, like I'll let her tell you, it's not my place to tell you. And I'm like, what, what is this? Like you feeling special, you know, like I know her real name. Do you, did you check her driver's license? You know what I mean? Is that what she does? She got, she's got her one name. And then she makes you feel special by saying like, here's my real name. I didn't want to tell you. And then anyway, so he made me get up, made, I accepted, but I like, you know, it wouldn't have been my idea for sure. And he's like, yeah, you should get a dance with her. Like I want to, you know, toss her some money or whatever, get a dance. So I was like, okay. So I went back, sat down in the chair. Like I always do sit on my hands. And I, I did find in lap dances that like a lot of times, a lot, not always, but a lot of times if you're not touching, they'll actually like grab your hands and like put them on them and, you know, and, uh, so I was just like, I just let her grab my hands and put them where she wanted. And if she let go, I just dropped them to my side. Not that it happened. She's like, da da da, And then she's like, you know, my name's Elena or whatever, something different. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm still Josh. <laughs> so like. Um, but I just remember like, I, that was a weird thing for me. Cause like my buddy was so like, and then I came out and he's like, did she tell you her name? And I'm like, I said what she said. And he's like, yeah, that's her name. And I'm like, it was just odd. You know what I mean? Like, again, I don't, I don't know why people, um, I don't know why people build value in, in certain things. Like she seemed nice. She, she was chatting with us, you know, beforehand, which is, I guess why she was like, Hey, come have a dance with me. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I also don't like to like. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a softy. You know what I mean? So like, I don't want to, I don't want to know you as a person and then just, and then just feel sorry for you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, or maybe you feel sorry for me. Maybe you think, ah, oh, this fat kid, you know, he's got nobody to love him. Right. Maybe I'll just let him see what it, you know, let him smell a woman close to him for a couple of seconds. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm lonely, but just that makes me feel infinitely lonelier. You know what I mean? I've never been in such, I've, I've, I've spent years of my life celibate at a time, not by choice. I'm all maybe, but you know, I guess by choice, but you know what I mean? But I was never like, oh, I should get a hooker. Like I just need sex so bad. Like I'll go pay for it. Like I was just like, I, it's the kind of thing that like, I don't want to, I don't want to pay for I'd, I'd rather earn. You know what I mean? And, and I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm insecure with my body. So like, I don't want to be, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how people just can, can have sex with a, a hooker or, you know, have a, you know, I don't know. I'm, uh, it's not me. So I just, again, another reason I just don't kind of like these, these things, but my, I, you know, that was a, that was a strip club moment for me was just seeing my friend who was like, I guess that's the first time I'd seen anybody who like thought that they were, I don't know if he thought he was dating her or what. Um, yeah, but it is what it is. Okay. Weird story. Sorry, gang. Like I told you, this, these top five stories are more like, here's shit that happened at a strip club that I found fascinating. They're not like, oh yeah, I saw this shit. Like I, you're not going to hear me glorify any woman in this story. Cause it's just not exciting things for me. Um, <laughs> there was this one time, number three. So one time my buddy, Jimmy, 
who definitely seemed like when we were young, he was into strip clubs. Uh, he even knew a few of the girls uh, at, at, at a strip club, but it's because we went to school with them or whatever. So um, I didn't know them, but he did, or he, or, or it was a friend of someone we knew from high school or whatever it is. I never knew these people. Like, you see that one there? Yeah. Oh, she's so-and-so. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, she's friends with so-and-so. I was like, oh, okay. I still don't know them. You know what I mean? So, um, Jim was never like, oh, I'm dating a stripper or anything like that. It was never like that. It's just, but, but he knew, knew them. You know what I mean? Uh, some anyways, this, um, this one time, uh, he and I, and I know Mika was there too. Uh, sorry, Meeks. But again, this is high school days or just afterwards. Um, we, we left this, this, this place that we go, the first club, uh, first club I ever went to, I believe it was the first club that we all went to, but I could be wrong. I think Jimmy ended up in one prior to us, uh, was this place called club 77 and it was an Aylmer Quebec, uh, which is where you had to go. If you want to get into a strip club at 15 years old. Um, and I, I'd be surprised if they were still, still open. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's called, it was called club 77 and, You'd go in there. I just remember it. It was, it was small. Um, but I remember this, like, I remember this one time we walked into club. I'd say that was probably the one that we went to when we were young. I think I've been to a strip club. I I think like 10 times max, which sounds like a lot, but you got to keep in mind, like when you're young and it's new, you, you probably went like three, you know, three, four or five times easy. And then over the next 15 years or whatever, I, I can't even say 15 years. Cause I know that in like the last 10 years, I probably haven't been into a strip club. Um, if I have, I've completely forgotten about it, but I really, really don't think I have. Um, you know, I mean, I think I've been like 10, maybe 15 times in the entirety of my life. And that's like, including here and there, like maybe during my twenties, like once or twice a year, because everybody else wanted to go and I didn't want to be a buzzkill. You know what I mean? So, um, we walked into club 77 one time. That was the one that we went to. That was like that first one where we went a few times. It was fun. It was illegal. Cause we were like 15, 16 going into a place. You had to be 18 to go into, you know what I mean? So there was like that fun element of danger. Um, but we walked into the strip club one time and I just remember this, this girl, she looked very young. Um, like right, I guess right at the 18 mark or God knows maybe they're allowed to fucking come in early too. But she was wearing like, I, I guess a bikini or whatever you want to call what they wear. It wasn't lingerie. You know what I mean? It wasn't panties and a bra. It looked like kind of like a bikini and it was loose on her. She was like bony. Uh, and it was like, we walked in the door and we're like, there's like, there's all, there's like a hallway towards the main room, but she was already standing in the hallway by Kochek. And she looked at me and she's like, this beer's really gross. You want it? And I was like, it was like this poor bony malnourished young person. She had uh, horrible teeth, terrible sp- speech. Like she wasn't very, you know, articulate or anything like that. Like, this is like gross beer. You want it? And I like, she'd already drank it of it. And she had those teeth where it's like, you can see there's fucking film on them. Like you talk and there's like little strands and stuff. And I'm I'm just like, it's like, it was the most unattractive thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck how close to naked you are. If you have bad teeth and you sound like, I don't know, to me, to me, just even just poor speech. I don't even care if you have a good vocabulary, if you're educated, but just like say the words, you know, correctly. I don't know. I don't know if that's way too judgmental, but it was just like, and then I hands me a beer that was just in that gross mouth. Oh, 
I remember that. Anyways, this place was not, was not great. There was some, like, I, I remember that it was, you know, we had like one or two times where I'm like, oh, it's busy and this seems like fun. And then like we went and it was like, there was one person there, you know, and the women were just like, ah, fresh meat. And you're like, just leave me alone. I remember in strip clubs feeling like when someone sits down and they're like, hey, you want to have a private dance? Like, it's like, to me, it was like, it's like tipping on a pen pad. You know what I mean? Like, if you say, give me a tip on the pen pad, I'm like, fuck, I can't say no. Right. I'm like, I don't want to insult this person. They're half naked. <laughs> like imagine, imagine that most guys get a lap dance because they want to be with, and I'm like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> oh, fuck. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. Um, but anyways, the, the story number three is we were at club 77 one time and they had like a parking lot, like around the block. That's where everyone parked. So you could, it was behind the club, but, but you had to walk around the block to get to, you couldn't just cut through. And I remember like one night we're leaving and myself and Mika have to pee. So we're standing on like one side of the parking lot that had like a, a snow bank and, and we're, you know, peeing in the snow, you know, we're outside. It's, you know, one o'clock in the morning or whatever, we're peeing in the snow side by side because we love each other. And, and, uh, and Jimmy went to the other side of the parking lot and he peed on a different snowbank. Well, the snowbank he was peeing on just on the other side of it. And for some reason he didn't see it. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they saw him if he didn't see them. I don't know how they saw him if he didn't see them, uh, it was a cop car. So, uh, they, uh, came around and they give him uh, and and they give him there the french accent come out of me when i tell this story uh and they gave him a, a ticket for public urination uh, i believe it was two hundred dollars um i'll i'll call jimmy and, and ask for correction if if he feels that there's merit in him but it was like because i remember they said to him like i remember the the, the line they gave him they gave him a ticket for 200 bucks and he didn't mouth off or anything and they're like yeah it's a hundred dollars for every inch <laughs> like so they gave him a ticket for peeing in public instead of a warning and they made fun of him as well. And, and like, he's not, you know, he doesn't have a small dick, but they're just being at, like assholes on top of it. You know what I mean? Um, which, you know, we have Ontario plates on the car and Quebec isn't exactly fond of Ontario. They're very, uh, prejudiced. I don't mean to be overly judgmental, but I've, I've been, been given shit. Like I'll, I'll put it to you this way in my lifetime. And it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Before you try to cancel me, I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying it's the closest thing to being pulled over for being black is, you know, that I've experienced in my lifetime is, is I've been pulled over many times in, in Quebec for having Ontario plates. I've done nothing wrong. I had no infraction. They just pulled me over. So what's going on here? You know, uh, how long you like, just why, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, I maybe have a, a predisposition to it, but it, this is all like, I wasn't driving at the time. So like this, I saw this happen long before I experienced it. And I think Jimmy was like, yeah, well, I got the Ontario plates and they don't like us for some reason. Um, you know, it's like the Montagues and the Capulets of the English and the French. That's really a, like, we're English and Ontario predominantly and they're, they're French and Quebec predominantly. So, um, anyways, they, they gave him a $200 ticket for public for peeing in a snowbank in a parking lot at one o'clock in the morning. So you, you know that that was just a dick move to be a dick move. Meeks, I know you're listening. Do you remember that? Huh? That was a story. I don't know if you thought of that in a long time. Um, yeah. Number two, uh, number two, and then we're going to bring it on home guys. I know that we're at the almost two hour mark. Thanks for sticking with me again. I guess this is a two hour podcast now. Um, I had a friend 
So I think I've told you guys this before is that I often have people who are interested in me and I had no idea. Um, when I was working at TELUS, uh, I made a friend, uh, a, a lovely girl. I don't want to, I don't want to say her name just because, you know, I don't think it's fair. Like if it was just a friend that was just talking a regular story. Um, but my friend, I met her when I was working at TELUS. She was a, a you know, I guess a customer of mine, client and came in, I, I chatted with her and she worked in the mall. So she, she'd pop in and say hello every now and again. Again, I just thought, I always just thought that I was funny, whatever. And this was back when I had like season tickets for the Ottawa Senators. So I was talking about how, like, you know, I got the hockey tickets and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, I'd love to see a hockey game. And I go, well, if you'd like to go sometime, I'd I'd love to have you. And she was like, sure. And she came with me to a hockey game and everything like that. And not for a second did I think she was interested in me. I thought she was very pretty and very nice, but I, I didn't for a second think that she was interested in me. So I was just, it's so funny because I'm so much more able to be myself when I'm not feeling like I, I should be doing something different. And maybe that's what endears me, but I, I've never known when someone likes me anyways. I, it's like looking back, I'm like, oh, I think she liked me and I probably should have, you know, said something or whatever at the time. Um, although I'm, I'm, I'm eternally cursed slash blessed that like, Every person I ever dated, I always held them up to, to, you know, uh, crystal. Oh, I'm a real hung up guy. And, and my friends can attest to this. When I was first dating women, like I had, I had introduced her to them, you know, when we were in high school. So they, they knew her. And I remember even saying to them sometimes when I date other people, I'm like, ah, there's just, there was just a sweetness about my first love that, that I've always tried to find in other people and I've never been successful in doing. So I think that's where a lot of this, this, you know, really strong attachment and everything comes from is just sometimes when somebody, she set a pretty high bar. So I know that like a lot of times too, I'd be looking for sweetness and acceptance. And I'll be honest with you guys. There's a lot of stuff that I'm learning, you know, learning more about psychology and, and looking inward and stuff like that. And, and just shit about myself. Like I know that I had a lot of pain and trauma from when I was young. And I remember she being the first person that, that, that made me feel accepted and, um, made me feel accepted, made me feel like there wasn't like, I wasn't fucked up for having this like obnoxious personality. Like, and that's why I love my friends, Jimmy and Mika too. Like, these are two guys who like at the height of me being like too much, you know what I mean? Like cracking jokes, but really not knowing how not to cross lines and shit like that. These were people who were, you know, eternally, they weren't lovers, you know, despite how hard I tried. No, <laughs> they, they, they weren't, you know, romantic relationships or whatever. But these were people who were, were very patient with me and were very, were very loving. You know what I mean? Like they weren't like, you know, maternal nurturing loving, but these were my buddies who, you know, they were my friends. They loved me no matter what. And, and I've now since the very beginning, you know, I'm telling stories about strip. I'm supposed to be talking about strip clubs right now. Right. Not like how much I love my friends and the people in my life, but, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying that like I had, I have, I have people in my life that are still in my life now that I love very, very much. And, uh, and who I felt gave me, gave me more love and acceptance and patience and tolerance than I maybe deserved at the time. And I hope that, that them sticking through a lot of that shit has paid off for them. Like I, I really value their friendships. And it's just, like I said, going back to talk about my, my ex or whatever, I, I, loved her and love her for her patience. Like as much as I've felt pain in that relationship, I know I, I put her through some as well. And, um, and you know, I, I know that I, I received a lot of patience and a lot of, a lot of acceptance. Anyways, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to say how, like, 
even if I had known this chick was interested in me, I probably would have found some way mentally to like sabotage it or, or feel like I wasn't enough. Clearly I was in such a mental state that I'm like, nobody's interested in me. So, you know, just, just be yourself, hang out. That's all I was ever doing. Um, so my friend went me to hockey games and then I like, we would just, I guess, chat here and there. It was very just like, Hey, we're just friends and you know, I'll see you when I see you. Like there was, there wasn't any, uh, we didn't like text or really anything like that. Um, so I remember like I, I either bumped into her or something, you know, maybe a couple of years later. And, um, I said, I was going to like Montreal, whatever. She's like, Oh, I got like a bunch of friends in Montreal. Like, do you mind if I hitch a ride with you? Whatever. So I went with my, myself, my brother, my buddy, Dan, uh, and, and her. And I remember we went downtown to, uh, you know, St. Catherine or whatever. We went to grab, grab food. I think at Schwartz's or whatever. And then we were walking down St. Catherine. I can't remember where we were going to go. And we walked by, uh, club international was what it was called. And this club club international is right back next to another strip club. Like literally like two doorways that both led upstairs, but to different strip clubs. And they used to have these guys that would stand out front of each one and they would do this, like, like, don't go in here. Like, don't go over there. Come in here. Like the, this one guy would be like, you know, Hey, don't be a wanker, be a spanker. Like come in here and be a spanker. I'm like, isn't wanking and spanking the same thing? Like I would say that to these, like every time I walk by, I go, ah, I'm here. What do you got tonight? Ah, don't be a wanker, be a spanker. Hey, over here, Jessica Simpson over there, Homer Simpson, <laughs> like all these different things. And I just remember, I remember one night I was walking, walking by with some friends and cause they're right on the street. Like it's, it's a very busy artery street. Like they're right on the street walking by. And one guy goes, uh, goes, Hey man, come on in here and see the girls. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, nah, it's cool, man. I got, I got girls at home on the internet. And they're like, uh, they're like, yeah, but here the girls are live. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not jerking off to dead ones. <laughs> and I think I caught him off guard with that one too. Cause he laughed. But anyways, so we're walking by this particular club and she's like, oh, I used to dance here. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to come in? I used to dance here. Let me, I just want to go in and say hi to like, you know, the DJ or something like that. And they're like, okay. Like we walk in and, and immediately she's like, yeah, yeah, these are, these guys are with me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, it's just like, these guys are with me. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So we just walked right in, no cover or anything. It was like, oh, okay. And then we just sat down at a table. And again, I don't like strip clubs. Like every time I, for the most part, I, I can't think of a single time where it was my idea. I really can't. But like. Other people, you know, dragged us in. So, okay, we're sitting down. We're at a strip club. I guess is what we're doing. We don't think we really had any, any, any real agenda for the night. And so, um, we sat at the table and then she like got up to like go to the bathroom, whatever, or something. I don't know. And then she came back and she's like, I talked to the DJ and I'm, I'm on next. And I was, I was like, I'm sorry. And she's like, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go on next. And I remember she like got on stage. She was just wearing like jeans and a sweater or whatever. And I remember her getting on stage and she started to dance and she, I think she took off her shirt and it was showing like her bra. And then she went to like, take her pants off. And then she looked at me and she was like, I can, oh no, oh no, no, no. I can, I can tell you're uncomfortable. I'm going to stop. I can tell you're uncomfortable. And I was like, and at the time in my head, I was like, uh, no, I'm not. No, keep, keep going. Like I didn't think that I was uncomfortable. Cause I guess a part of me is like, yeah, she's a pretty girl. I'd love to see her naked. But I also know that I'm very readable and I'm glad that she stopped. Um, I wasn't at the time. Cause at the time I'm like, I want to see everybody naked, I guess. But like, I just, I, I guess, I guess she saw something that I didn't because I'm, I'm like, you know, later in retrospect, I'm very glad she didn't. 
Um, because again, like this is somebody who like, I don't know if I would have dated. I liked, I have a lot of people I like as a friend, but I, I would not want to be with. And I don't know. I just, in retrospect, it was, it was weird. It was a strip club story. Like I went into a strip club cause you know, one of my friends was like, Hey, let's go in. You know, I used to work here and was like, what? And then you just, Oh, and then she got on stage. Like, Oh, she wasn't lying because they're letting her on stage right now. Like that's fucking crazy. And there's other guys in the place too. Like that must've been, I guess, disappointed because the next girl comes up way overdressed to begin with and then doesn't strip. You know what I mean? So like, is that like an open mic spot? <laughs> Give it a try. If you bomb, you just bail early. I don't know. But I just remember being like, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad she didn't because I'm just like, I don't, I don't like objectifying people. And I would have felt bad because this is somebody that, again, I just genuinely like as a person. It would have been weird. It, that would have, that would have been weird. Even though at the time I'm just like, yeah, nudity. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that that didn't happen, but that was definitely, that's, that's number two, number two. And I've already forgotten what number one is. Oh no, I didn't. I, I wrote it down. I'm just like, oh, what was it off the top of my head? This was hilarious. This was hilarious. I hope you guys are enjoying these. Um, you know, feel free to send me an email, contact the one man podcast. If you find these to be too lengthy and too wordy, you know, um, but I'm enjoying them as, as opportunities to talk about things and experiences and whatever. And some of them will be shorter because, you know, if we do hamburger toppings or whatever the fuck we do, um, we went to pig Al as the name. I thought it was like pig space Al, like some guy named Al is a pig, pig Al, but the word pig Al P I G A L E. Let's, uh, let me see if I can get a definition because I do believe that it's like actually a word in French. Um, so let's see here. P I G P I G A L E definition. Uh, immediately all of the, just like COVID hours and all these things. I don't think it's open. Pigal, French pronunciation. Pigal is an area in Paris around the place Pigal on the border between the ninth and the 18th. Arrondissement. The area to the South of the Place Pigal is devoted to the retail of musical instruments and equipment. Uh, especially in popular music. Okay. So maybe it's just like a, like a dance area or a nightlife area or whatever. Definitions.net. What does Pigal mean? Okay. Pigal. Here are the possible meanings and translations of the word Pigal. Content is supposed to be seen. Uh, yeah, it is. That's why I, I tried to bring it up. Uh, and yet I see no French translations for Pigal French. Are you going to show me anything? I've got like a foggy screen, like where it's still loading. Spine little, now I'm on, now I'm on Alexis page. Okay. Well, you know what? That's what I get for trying to learn. Anyways, place called Pigal, P-I-G-A-L-E. Feel free to check it out. It's probably the biggest strip club that I've ever been to in terms of just low, uh, like square footage, I guess, you know, area. And, um, I'd been there a few times and, uh, I remember this time we went with, uh, my friends, Peter, Ivan, and our buddy, Stuart. Now, um... This one here, I'm not, you know, Stuart is a very common name. I'm not going to say his last name. Um, but I want, I want Peter and Ivan, who are both listeners to, to, to remember this story. Cause this was fucking funny. Our friend Stuart is, um, was, I'll say was, cause I haven't chatted with him a long time. He may be different, but he's never been, um, super social. Like he's got his couple of close friends. I would say that he's introverted. Like when you, when you sit with him, he talks a lot. He has a lot to say, a lot of it negative, a lot of it angry, but he doesn't, you know, he, he, he gets introverted around groups of people he doesn't know. And he's often like, I don't want to be around these. I don't know these fucking losers. Like, it's like, everyone's a loser right away. Um, 
but he's needless to say that same energy and stuff doesn't do great with ladies. Now he's a, he was a tall lanky guy at the time. So he's not out of shape or anything like that. Right. All in, in, never really a bad looking cat, to be honest with you. He was all shit personality, to be honest with you. And I don't mean to shit on the guy. I don't like to publicly crap on people, but, but he, he's like everybody else. He had his own shit. I, I won't bring it to the table, but I'm very familiar with it. He had his own shit that he was working through. Confidence was not really a big thing for him. Not, not a great dude with the ladies. Right. He was actually one of those guys. And I, and I know there's periods of my, in my life early on where I was like this, where I had poor self-image and, and whatnot. So, you know, I was like, I look at like what I thought was fat back then. And I'm like, oh my God, I was in, I was in great shape. I was a couple of fucking weeks away from, you know, being in, in good shape. I could have just, you know, buckled down, but I had poor self-image and, you know, I thought that, that I couldn't do well with, with women, you know, women weren't interested in me because, because I was fat. So, you know, fuck me and fuck them. Not, not, hey, fuck me, but like their attitude was like, ah, fuck him, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, fuck you. Like, why are you so vain? Why are you so fucking superficial and everything like that? And I'm like, yeah, but I was negative. You know what I mean? I, I was capable of being obnoxious and I was capable of being negative and nobody wants to be around that. I get it. I didn't at the time, but I get it now. And, uh, and my buddy Stuart was, was along the same ways, but heightened was very vocal instead of me feeling that inside. Like that's the way to appeal. He was like vocal about like, oh, these fucking sluts. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Um, what woman wouldn't want to parade you around at a party? So I, I'm kind of shitting on Stu, but I, I, I feel frustrated, uh, because I know he's still kind of that way. And I, I, I would love nothing more for, for him to do, to feel better anyways. So we take, uh, you know, l- like lanky, skinny, not, not a bad looking dude. Just, just never did well with the ladies quiet, whatever. And so we went to the strip strip club one night. He came with us. And I, it might've been his first time there and he sits down. We all sit down in perverts row. I don't know what you guys call it, you know, where you're from, but when you sit right at the front of the stage, right along the, the side of it, that's perverts row. That's what we call it, you know, in, uh, in Canada. So we all sitting down in perverts row. Uh, and I remember this one woman got on stage and just for whatever reason, like Stuart was the guy that she was looking at. Right. And, and he's got this big goofy grin on his face, you know, like mouth open, big grin, just, you know, she's looking at him and he's looking at her and she gets to the point where she's kind of like, you know, takes off her panties and spreads her legs right in front of him. And he just, he's just looking, smiling. And then she does that. And he gives her this big fucking nod, like, uh, uh-huh. like she sees, he sees it. And he's like, uh, uh-huh. like, like, Oh, solid nod from the fellow right there. Big solid nod from that. It was like the most non-sexy thing like you know it wasn't it wasn't smooth it was <laughs> it was so fucking weird and that's not the end of the story so that's like the awkwardness of him right away it was just the <laughs> like <laughs> big solid nod to the to the lady who's just exposed herself to you um and anyway so that was that was just that we just laughed at that fucking nod cuz he did that and the rest of us just burst out laughing. I don't remember if she laughed or anything cuz we weren't looking we were just dying laughing and looking at him going what the fuck is wrong with you. But uh we were very supportive. And um I remember I remember later in the evening we're like now this is a guy who was who was a virgin. I I I don't believe I was a virgin at the time. I don't believe my friend Peter was, I don't believe my buddy Ivan was. 
Um, but Stuart was, and we were like, and he doesn't, he doesn't even like, he's never had a girlfriend or anything like that. So we're like, we want to, we want to get him a lap dance, right? We're like, Stuart, we're going to get you a lap dance with, uh, with that lady. And no, 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 you're not doing it. No, you're not doing that. Yeah, dude, we're going to fucking, yeah, yeah. So like, he's like, no, you're not. So like at one point I'm like, I'm like, we tried to fool whatever. At one point, um, I get up to quote unquote, I'm like, I got to take a piss or whatever. Like we let it, we let it go. Okay, fine. So whatever gave it a little bit of time. Then I got up to go, to go, you know quote unquote, go to the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get him a lap dance. Cause she walks over to him like, Hey, your friend's got to dance, grabs him by the hand. Like we're like, he's, he's going to go. Right. I mean, the amount of times that I was like, Oh, I, I guess like, I just felt bad. I'm like, well, he's going to, he's going to feel guilty and he's going to do it. As I'm, as I was talking to her, I'm like, yeah, you see that guy over there? Like the one that, that did the, the, the big goofy nod at you. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, let's get back. And he turned around, saw me talking to her and I shit you not ran stood up ran out of the place like zombies had just busted in the window or something like that like like it was on fire he ran like the the bouncers took note like you know what i mean like they straightened up and were like moving but he was already like fucking around the stage and out the door so it was like he was escorting himself out faster than they could have and it was just like, it was so funny. I, I was like, he yeah, was like, he pulled the old virgin vanish. You know, you heard of the Irish goodbye. Well, that's the fucking virgin vanish. Fucking a woman's coming. Like run. <laughs> so that was, that was probably to me, one of the funniest things I ever saw. You, you, it was, it was literally like, you know, there's a, there's, we're going to bring a, we're going to have a pretty girl come in and he just fucking ran. It's, it's like child, like a girl back to the clubhouse it was hysterical anyways that's my top five strip club moments uh from life i have i mean i i guess i don't know what you're looking for mark i i'd love to hear yours if you had an idea in your head for maybe some of yours uh i would love for you to share them with me contact at one man if any of you have had weird strip club stories you know if you're if you're worried you know like that you have a girlfriend or a wife who's not going to understand that you had you know, a life before her, or even, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship right now and she doesn't want you to go to strip clubs and you do it behind her back, whatever, you can send me the list and I can leave your name off of it or whatever. But I, I, I think mine are funny. And the only reason like all my stories are like, my stories are not really about like the nudity or anything like that. Like, obviously I'm talking about it, but mine are more like, you know, getting a pissing ticket you know, a buddy running out the fucking front door or somebody's like, Oh, I know her name. Do you know what, do you want to know her name? And again, my friend like getting on, like these were, these were the odd, weird strip club moments that, that, that I remember. It's certainly not like, Oh, then there was this one chick and she fucking put her legs behind. Like, I don't have stories like that because that shit never fascinated me. In fact, I think I spent most of my time looking around the room, you know, I, for anyone who's never been to a strip club, know that you get decent. Like when you're watching porn, on your phone or whatever, like, again, not, not too far in, you kind of get desensitized to the nudity because it's just out there. You know what I mean? So like even sitting in a strip club, it's like, yeah, the women are naked, but it's, it's abundant. I've talked about scarcity and abundant, you know, nudity when it's scarce. Hey, Hey, nudity when it's abundant. Like, all right, what do you got? What do you got on tap? I'd enjoy a beer. Oh, just shit beer too. Okay. Boring. Okay. So that's the thing for this list next week's list. So I'm going to pull this up here and I'm going to write it down so that I don't forget because Iz gave me a few, uh, good ones here in the list. So, um, Izzy wrote, and I like this. She said, uh, top five things that you felt strongest about, but a conversation or many conversations ultimately changed your mind for the better. So I'm going to do that one. 
Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to alter it slightly. And I assume that you'll reach out if, if that is unacceptable. Um, I think where, where you say like, you know, five things you felt strongest about, but a conversation or many conversations ultimately changed your mind for the better. Um, I, if it's cool with you, I'm just going to kind of look at that as like five things I felt strongly about and ultimately changed my mind. Some of them will be based on conversations, but some of them might be like situational where something happened and it gave me a new perspective because I do believe that your intent with this question is like, what are some things that you, I guess it's like, what are some times that you changed, you changed your mind, right? Where we live in a world where people want to believe their side of things and are never open to, you know, an alternate perspective. So I, I believe that, that what we're looking for here is like, Hey, here's a time that, you know, you changed your mind for the better. So I'm going to go with it that road. So five things I felt strongest about, but a conversation or a situation ultimately changed your mind for the better. Does that work? That'll be next week. So if you guys are with me, you know, feel free to send that, send that lesson. If you're not comfortable talking about strip club stories and I, and I get that, um, why don't you do that one? Send me a list of the top five things that changed you for the better. Um, Chad, if you're listening, I'll do your, your top five bands, but give me like a Give me a, a more refined list so that I can tell you why it's, it's better. I don't know. I just don't want to burn an ent entire category on top five when it's that broad. I'd like, I'd rather, you know, go deeper or whatever it is, you know, uh, not that I love talking about strip clubs, but just because we did top five moments, I mean, we now have like, what are your top five favorite stripper songs? I, mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how that subject could still be. And that's a very niche subject, but the idea is like, I don't want to just burn out all of our stuff. Hey, what's your top, top five favorite food? That'll be gone quick. You know what I mean? So top five, uh, things you felt strongest about, but a conversation or situation ultimately changed your mind for the better. And, um, feel free to send me your own, send me ones that we've done previous. Feel free to send in a recommendation, uh, or a request for a top five. And I'll, I'll definitely put it into the queue. Um, whatever you want, or just send me a top five, some random shit. Even if you don't want me to do it, tell me if you got a top five in your head that you want to talk about, it's all just content gang. And, uh, and I really love how much time they actually eat up because I feel like I can, it gives me an opportunity to just, just a subject matter. You know what I mean? As opposed to just kind of like, Oh, what did I watch this week? So, uh, that's the one continuing to work on myself, continuing to fast, starting therapy again next week, trying to be a better man, trying to learn patience. Um, I hope you guys have a great week and, uh, and I really look forward to talking to you again soon. I'm missing you I'm still alright to smile Girl, I think about you Every day now Was a time when I wasn't sure But you set my mind at ease There is no doubt You're in my heart now Said woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine. All we need is just a little.
Yeah. 